I can't believe that Snoke was the Emperor's father. Yeah. Darth Plagueis. All those theories were correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was funny is that you didn't realize that the whole time he was masquerading as a traitor in the resistance as Porkins Jr. Mm-hmm. And then Gwendolyn Christie, the red hair looks good as she's actually Mara Jade. A.K.A. Yeah. Captain Phasma. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they made her black, though. Yeah. Ray's mother. I thought um, it was neat to see the birth that graphically, though. I'm not really sure. I mean, the kid next to me started crying. For a two and a half hour movie, I didn't expect a half an hour of it to be the birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when Luke started eating the placenta and he said, this is what all good Jedi boys and girls do. I was like, damn, this is not your parents. Star Wars. It's definitely different. Yeah. I mean, I, I really appreciated the 12 minutes where the movie just like turned into a history lesson and told us all this stuff that had happened and how the First Order formed and where they got their money from and the difference between the rebellion and the resistance and the Republic and all that. And the meetings. Yeah. 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 Which, which is weird because you and I have both seen the movie at least a couple times now. Mm-hmm. It's funny if you see it after 8 p.m. showing, they really do include the uh, not CGI Poe Dameron dick. Just. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out of his pants. Yeah, Star Wars Which I thought was dark. super unprofessional when they're having resistance meetings and there's just more well, than the tip. It's part of his character arc. Right, right, right. Well, obviously, the penis is a general now. Well, true. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess we should do a spoiler warning first. Hello. I'm Benjamin Light. No, you're not. I am Benjamin Knight. Oh, I am Mark Sparks. And this is Head Cannon. Mm-hmm. Recording on Tuesday, December 19th, 2017. We're going to be talking about The Last Jedi today with all the spoilers. Yep. A real spoiler warning this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to be spoiled, stop listening. And we're just talking about Star Wars. That's all yeah, we got. that's it. That's the whole show. We're so, do- doing it old school. When you're looking at that thing and it says four hour podcast and you're like, damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have a lot to discuss. Um, Do you want to kick it off? I, I mean, I, I think would it be fair to say we both like the movie? I'd say it's fair to say we both love the movie. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen it? The tonight, because because we're professionals, we went to see this right before we we recorded yet again. Uh, it's my third time. Hmm. It's not bad. What about you? What do you think? Five, six. Wow. Yeah. So twice on Thursday. Twice on opening night, then on Friday, then on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hopefully I don't have a sore neck later on tonight. From our <laughs> seats. <laughs> Tonight's seats were rough. A little rough, yeah. Although I did appreciate really being able to feel the bass. You know? Yeah, you really Every so could. often you get a theater where it's like the sound just isn't quite pumped up enough. You I can feel it in this one. When the Star Destroyer is like split in half and all the sound in the universe goes away for a second, it felt it's so good like when it came right back. my face. <laughs> it came right back on my fucking cerebellum. <laughs> you can like feel like your face, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Like the jowls of your face. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this movie. Um, we're going to do rankings of like, you know, the, the, the main Star Wars movies at the end of this. I'd have a really hard time ranking it right now. It's I'm still kicking around in my head. I mean, it's not 100% perfect, but I very much enjoyed it. Um, I kind of feel vindicated by this movie a little. Interesting. Like I feel like this movie is really a triumph of storytelling. It's 
this isn't the movie where it's just about like adding lore you know it's like mm. no this is a movie about characters quite, uh, quite the opposite to adding lore in fact yeah <laughs> Um, I don't know any any general thoughts where we go into our top three moments. Um, yeah, and I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to include a moment that's not in my top moments in my opening here. Um, as so Benjamin made me suffer through other Star Wars podcasts on our way to the theater tonight. Well, this is a 25 part prologue to my my statements. No, um, I think we watch these movies endlessly, like <laughs> we theorize and we fantasize and stuff, and. The movies never live up to your hope and expectation and hype, but the good ones do. And I'd say this one absolutely did. Like the truest spoilers I saw or the statements I saw was this is not what you expect. And that's totally true. But it just reminded me, it doesn't feel like the second movie in a trilogy for sure. And it just reminded me that Star Wars is about uh, slightly dis- disenfranchised like the the downtrodden like looking up at the stars and wondering and then occasionally they pick up weapons and fight back and this movie had that in spades I loved it or brooms or brooms yeah so that's one of my moments that's not in my moments <laughs> I have a couple of honorable mentions I have yeah I have three honorable mentions all right well I have two so you go first uh, my number six is Poe Dameron at the beginning hey I'm holding for General Hux <laughs> I enjoyed that moment. I just, the writer part of me is just like, I would have tweaked a little here and there, and then I want to edit it a little bit differently. I kind of, I wanted them to come back to Poe sooner mm-hmm. to see that he was stalling. Yeah, I yeah. felt like it would have flowed better if you knew what he was doing for, for more of that. It's kind of a, there's a, there's a, there's a Poe Dameron esque bravado to like starting your movie that way though. Mm-hmm. Cause if that joke doesn't nail, like you're in a, you're in a hard space right at the beginning. So, so my honorable mention number two would be uh, when Kylo Ren asks Ray, and we're really spoiling people, by the way. So you know, settle in. I mean, seriously, I would say if you haven't, if like you should not be spoiled for this movie. Like this movie in particular, the less you know, the better, because there's so many like weird and surprising twists and turns. So seriously, and see it with an audience too. Yeah, you need see a good the audience. Uh, so yeah, when Kylo Ren asks Ray to join him. And she's just like, don't do this, Ben. Please, don't go this way. Please don't go this way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, well, no, you can just, we'll, we'll get into the railiness of it later, but you can really see how, how committed they are to their own kind of vision that they have. And it's like, the, just like, the, you know, the two sides may never meet because of it. Mm-hmm. They, they both seem they they both want each other to join them, but like for very different reasons. And because of that, it's like neither can budge. Yeah. How much can I change you without you changing me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my number five moment is just Luke and Yoda. We are what they outgrow. I just, I love that. And I love that Yoda just brings down the fucking force lightning. Yeah. My, that's my number four is just the Yoda and Luke scene. Like, that might be a per like my like next like three or these are all like perfect scenes in my opinion. Like they're just absolutely flawless. Uh, that scene with Yoda, it was it was like they had just transported Yoda directly from the Empire Strikes Back to this movie. It was like yes, that's Yoda. That's exactly Yoda right there. He's a little wicked. He's got a <laughs> mean little giggle. There's a little bit like in your fucking face, Luke, to it with with like the unexpected depth. You know, mm-hmm. like he just like turns on a dime. 
and just like you know nice you right in the gut there and he's talking about Failures, failure the greatest yeah. teacher yeah there's there's a couple of really choice like in your fucking face moments um my number four is luke tossing that lightsaber over his shoulder when it's first handed to him just meh it just it perfectly sets the tone for where we start this movie and where the last living jedi boy in new york is um i loved it that would have been I, I guess i could say i was minorly spoiled by that not that i knew that was necessarily going to happen but I'd read some stuff that like theorized that or maybe weren't theorizing it, you know, like I had to like just like hide from the Internet for like a week before this. But like apparently I you didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, maybe somebody knew. I don't know what, but I'd, I'd seen that out there as a possibility, you know. OK. Uh, so my number three, Kylo Ren versus Luke Skywalker facing off. I will not be the last Jedi. That whole sequence there. God, I mean, it's I don't know if you can necessarily call, call the lightsaber fight, but that might be like my favorite like pose of lightsaber combat I've ever seen when they're facing off on the extreme sides of the frame against each other. The way it's framed and everything is just fucking amazing. Like you hang that on your wall. Well, it's kind of like when, when I guess a lot of rock music remembers that it's based on the blues. It kind of reminds me that the movies still remember that they're somewhat based on these like Asian influences. Very samurai. Yeah. yeah. Especially Luke's pose. This movie, this movie in general is like, well, these top three moments that I have are all not just to me perfect scenes, but they're moments that I kind of like when you first see the, the smoke monster and lost and I'm just staring like jaw dropped the first time. I can't fucking believe I'm seeing this. Every inch of me is my body is ready. Every inch of me is open and ready to receive this. So my number three moment is uh, everything after Supreme Leader Snoke dies. The uh, the fight in the Snoke's throne room. It's just this bonkers, apocalyptic, good time. It's worth a hundred thousand kill bills. Okay. I just, I just, in general, I just love the fucking white, black, and red color scheme. What, what throughout made this you movie. think of Kill Bill? There, I'm just curious. Um, Are you thinking of like the Crazy Eighty Eight sequence? The Crazy Eighty Eight and okay. the weird like changing of colors and it's okay. all over the place. Yeah. So that's my number three. My number two was Holdo jumping to hyperspace, um, and I. The way that's all cut together is like a bunch of stuff happening, but like the way it just goes silent. And, you know, I don't think probably on the first no- screening, I didn't notice it, but in subsequent ones, you could see all the other ships are like behind uh, the supremacy there. They're all getting shredded. So it's like she basically just took out the whole fleet pretty much. Um, and then when the sound kicks back in, it's like melt your face. Yeah, it's amazing. That's well said. It's my number two. It's just. It's a reminder of what good movies can do, especially big spectacle demanding movies like that shit just flows through you like the fucking force right there. There, there hasn't <laughs> I've, a, a few of these screens I've been to. The crowd hasn't been great, but there hasn't been a single one where that moment people weren't like, oh, shit. You know? Tonight's the chick next to me was on her phone the whole time. Was that what was going on? I was like, why is she laughing at like weird moments? She kept trying to show the dude. They were all friends. They hadn't seen each other in a while. And so she was like trying to, I don't know, impress the dude next to her. And so she kept trying to show him like fucking memes and stuff. Why? Like through the movie. Watch like, the fucking movie. You just paid a lot of money to be here. <laughs> but um, even she was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> What's your number one? Uh, my number one is when Kylo Ren ignites the lightsaber and kills his true enemy. Um when it flies back and Ray catches it, the way that's framed with you know her hand reaching out to catch it and then his body just falling off the top of his body, like 
at the best showings I've been to, the audience just loses their shit at that moment. They're like, oh my God, they just killed Snoke. Um, and just that that moment where like she stands up and looks at him and it's like, oh shit, it's on. And then watching them fight back to back like that. I love that Snoke like looks down for a second. Like, indeed, is that what I'm feeling? <laughs> and then as the top half of him flops over, I love that his, his left hand, hand his is hand's still there. there yeah. <laughs> Well, when they start fighting back to back like that, like, I don't know, it's just like this is this is the promise of what could be, you know, if if she could possibly turn Ben Solo back like or vice versa. Yeah. Or vice versa. She's like like they kind of had each other's backs. Like at one point she stabs behind her to like get a guy. She, off him. Yeah, she does quite a bit to um, protect him. Um, but just, you know, from the moment when she first has his lightsaber, which when they put that like that in the last couple of like commercials, I was just like fuck i need to see this movie <laughs> i know <laughs> um but yeah like i like how you put that his his true enemy i mean for all the fucked upness of ben solo like the systematic abuse that he must have been inflicted upon by snoke over the years well snoke is just like he's not just whistling past a graveyard there he's like singing and shouting and dancing past a graveyard it's just just like and now Kylo Ren is very sure what he wants to do. He's not conflicted anymore. He's turning the lightsaber. You know? I can never be betrayed. I kind of like Snoke's style. I really like the Snoke stuff. I mean, I know I've seen a lot of articles, and I think quite accurate, like, there's this whole black hole around this character and his who he is and all that shit. I kind of love him for it. He's, we the, can get that later, but I, I don't need anything else. I feel like this was... This was just the right amount for me. He's like malevolent and scary. Um, it's well, yeah. It's it's like uh, when you pass by a street and the name of that street is uh, "You fought with my father in the Clone Wars," and you're like, "Should I make that turn and go see?" And I'll probably be let down. Nah, I'll just always let that live in my memory as being awesome. Uh, was that your number one? That was my number one. My number one is Luke strutting out to face Kylo Ren in the in the the first order. The score in that scene is excellent. The score, the fucking swagger, and the fact that he tells you. It's not like I'm going to swagger out there with like a laser sword and, and take it, on. Yeah. And then he does it and it's just it's fucking jubilant. Yeah. Um, God, I love this movie. It's going to be that kind of podcast. Yeah. I mean, I think it's fair to say we both read the mics. Justice League. <laughs> when I've seen some people complaining that like they didn't get their Luke Skywalker like somersaulting and backflipping and like taking on a bunch of stormtroopers. I guess like they wanted like the Vader scene from Rogue One only with Luke. But like to me, what he does is so much more impressive at use of the force there. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's way more impressive than anything else we've ever seen. That's that's bigger than lifting an X Wing or even creating a force bomb between Kylo and Ray. Like to project yourself like that for that long, that focused. But but not it's not about fighting. No. It's about protecting people you care about and also one last parting fuck you message to well, your, like, your wayward pupil. So much more compelling to just see them face off pose with their lightsabers and talk to each other than it would have been for like a 15 minute like somersaulting fight scene you know where they're just like even, doing a bunch of flips and pirouettes and shit even if he could have like directly like combat him with mm-hmm. lightsabers or, or what have you even if it didn't like take a toll on him the fact that he never directly like is the aggressor no and he, he just dodges the is whole so much more important i think how like were you fooled? Like, at what point did you know he was a projection or when you first watched it? I knew something was shifty when he showed up with a haircut and dyed his beard. See, I just figured he cleaned himself up before he came, you know? What, what, what about the gray beard? 
He's got a little you're just like, for men back you, in his hut. You're like, oh, Sakura's a vain bitch. Just for Jedi Masters. He's a messy vain bitch. He goes to the caretakers. He's like, let's do this. You know? Like fucking Kenny Rogers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I. it wasn't. It really wasn't until like he sliced through Luke and turned around and, and Luke was still there. That I was like, hmm, okay. I think I see what's going on here. Well, it was interesting too. They give you the most minor of hints too. It's not just that they fired every fucking weapon they had. It's that you see, especially like Kylo Ren, like digging in and getting in that salt and you messing it no up. Footprint, yeah. Oh yeah, look, yeah, Luke leaves no fucking footprint, and like his feet are kind of blurry. I felt like during some of that stuff, and it's like oh, you're like oh, it's just CGI, whatever. I'm totally in this moment. I'm rock hard, but it's like no, it kind of fits. I just love the moment of like Kylo Ren. He's just like, I want you to fire every gun that we have at that man. <laughs> There's some great back and this is a this is a first order workplace comedy. I don't need an office reboot. I need a fucking show set inside the first order. Both Hux and 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 uh, uh, Ren give each other these great looks. Just like really, <laughs> I like the bit where Kylo Ren is like fire everything you have at that speeder, and then like Hux right behind him concentrate all firepower on that speeder, and they look at each other <laughs> like yeah, this is gonna be a, a bumpy leadership it's here. like they're bumping each other out of the way to like look at the camera and do gym face <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i i don't we don't necessarily need to know chronological i have tons and tons and tons of topics that uh well, I'm, i mean i'm i'm mostly chronological so all right that's probably best for um everyone. i would say like i said before not being spoiled for this i like this is probably the first star wars movie i've seen in the kind of prequel era to now where i didn't know what was in the crawl hmm. like somehow or other i was new in the past and i didn't even know that in this and like i really like other than seeing the trailers like it was all well did you read the books of the original trilogy first well i'm not talking about the original trilogy but everything every you know chronologically release wise every you okay. know everything from the prequel because well, i remember you bought the phantom menace script like a week before the movie came out yeah so i knew everything about the phantom menace but even like other things like i'm pretty sure i, I read the crawl for the force awakens and so and i had a, a real good idea that like the, the bare the bones of the plot for that movie but this i was like i really don't know like there was a moment when it's like wait are they gonna kill finn like mm-hmm. i would believe it you know like it seems like they could they've been pretty ruthless in this movie so far yeah they have mm-hmm God damn, they have. Um, but yeah. the crawl is fascinating considering it's five minutes later to an hour later. <laughs> or a day. Yeah, it's unclear how exactly how much time it's been. Um, like the, I'm glad that Billy Lord got a lot more to do. Is I, she, I uh, very much enjoyed Lieutenant Cadel Coconics, yes. Are her and Poe Dameron, are they smashing? I think she wants to smash. Have they smashed? She, I think she was like, I'm going to follow you around. I'm on your side. I feel like he's Pierce Brosnan in those Bond movies where it's like he would be an HR nightmare if he hadn't also slept with the HR person mm-hmm. who's a droid. Um, yeah, Rose, I thought at certain points was dead. Snoke getting killed is like, oh shit, which I want to say at some point on our Greedo Shot First podcast, we had hypothesized that maybe like maybe Kylo Ren kills Snoke and like takes over and that's where the story goes but never really seriously considered it were we talking about the third one like episode nine i think it was just like in general after the force awakens we okay. were just like wondering where the story could go but like to actually have him do it you know like and which i feel is like the exact thing to do with a character like snoke you know like just to bump him out of the way but yeah totally unexpected well just um, i'm so glad that jj abrams is coming back because i feel like ryan johnson 
does not go in the obvious places that you would have thought Force Awakens would take in him. Well, you know, I've, I've listened to some podcasts and read some things where it's like some of the people who like this movie really want to seem to like use it as like a tool to beat up on the Force Awakens and be like, oh, like obviously Ryan Johnson hated the Force Awakens. Will not be the case for me when you see my my rankings of the film. Yeah, well, and it's like I, I I feel like people don't understand like you only get this movie if you have the Force Awakens to set it up. Yeah, yeah, you know, like. And it's what what JJ and Ryan are doing is like one of the oldest traditions in storytelling where like you hand it off to somebody else and then they put their spin on it. You know, like that's the whole point of why they're doing the trilogy this way, where there is no set in stone demand for the trilogy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, okay, you do your thing. Now, this guy's going to take what you do and he's going to try to like find neat ways to like, you know, go his own way with it. Like it's not they're not just following one laid out plan. And I think that's what makes it so interesting. I just saw something that was really interesting. And I know that like episode nine starts filming in like June. I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, maybe I didn't know this before. I just forgotten. Like the third draft of last Jedi was completed like just a few weeks before the release of force Awakens. Yeah. Which is such an interesting timetable to be like there on the set and like watching what JJ Abrams is doing and like, and writing that movie. Well, I know that he did a little bit of rewrites. Ryan Johnson did after the force awakens was released, but for the most part, like, this movie is not a reaction to the audience reaction of the force awakens. I wouldn't say like, it isn't like, Oh, Ryan Johnson noticed the audience wanted this. So we put it in the movie. It's It's too, they were too far ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually kind of concerned for, for episode nine, just because I feel like Ryan Johnson had an amazing amount, a proper amount of lead time for this movie. Well, supposedly JJ like just pitched his like plot, for episode nine like okay. like in the last week or so yeah and he's got like, like you know six months to get a script together so that should be enough time It'd be fun I mean, they left it very he could really go anywhere in episode nine like, yeah there could yeah. be a big time jump you know there could you know i mean who knows what they could do well he can't pull the michael Arndt where it's like let me take a year and and do that thing um yeah i my only hesitance there is just uh what's his face Chris Chris Terrio. Terrio, just uh Maybe it was just the the DC EU was dragging them down. We can hope. Wash that stink off. Yeah. Um. So I feel like this is a, a topic we should discuss near the top. Okay. Uh, I just have it written out as Raylo colon a journey. <laughs> I really like that. Like Kylo Ren can like ignite his nipples like lightsabers when he's psychic FaceTime chatting. This movie is incredibly sexual. I'm a little bummed that like some people have already stolen my hot takes. Like I've seen there's like a Vulture article or something. So here's the problem with the Vulture article. They only talk about the 10 horniest moments. Well, you know, I got to say, I was mentioning how fruity in the trailer was a few months ago, and you were giving me shit for that. And I'd just like to say, watch the movie. Oh, okay. Watch watch the, the big seaweed vagina that where the dark Do side lies. Do you want me to put like a medal on you like at the end of New Hope? I believe I deserve some consideration. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this this is a this is a thirsty fucktastic sci-fi epic. I mean, this I was is a sci-fi opera. I was into it. Yeah, I, I was totally hashtag hand stuff. <laughs> I like that he starts with the like the first time he sees her, he's just like trying to put like psychic hands upon her, and he's like, ooh. Or the way he pulls his hand back, he's like, never ooh, mind. Bad form, yeah. PC culture. Uh I mean, there's, I don't want to, I hate this hot take, but there's kind of like a millennials growing up vibe, like, and uh, there's some sex in the workplace. 
I mean, th- when we, I, I recently listened to the podcast we did for the Force Awakens on Headcanon, um, which was funny. But one of the things we talked about was how, how bad was that? Oh no, it was good. Um, how we talked about there was kind of like a a vibe of like millennial upbringing, like with like Luke or not Luke, um, Ray and Finn having kind of like these shitty jobs, like go nowhere, like them just wanting to break out, and then like Kylo Ren is like the entitled. You know, rich kid. Oh, he's Don. He's Donald Trump Jr. For real, he's in this I movie. Go that far? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He is. I think Kylo Ren has some. some and Hux. Some and Hux is Ted Cruz. <laughs> um, shirtless Kylo. Love that. Uh, I mean, it's it's so tropey, but like, there's a reason that's trope because it fucking works. You know, that <laughs> just turns out. Uh, could you put a but, cowl on or something? But it's it's like I know we've talked about um, Twilight and we've talked about Fifty Shades of Grey in this podcast before. It's totally in that. We talk about Beauty and the Beast. Here's this shirtless, you know, he's a total butterface. Wearing a totally weird, like, high-waisted pants like, situation. Like, like, yeah, like, like cummerbund. <laughs> like, he's, he's, a, he's more swole than he was before. Been working out. Um, yeah, he's definitely been working out, thinking about Ray and, and pumping. I've seen um, a lot of great memes about that scene. Yeah. Where he's just like, 998, <laughs> 999. Oh, hi, Ray. You just caught me working out. His whole I, affect, I seem to not have a shirt to put on. His whole affect is uh, like Sex Panther. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, she's just like, oh, God, uh, Butterface Man Meat. Oh, boy. And he's just like, let me tell you how vulnerable I am. Did you hear about the time that my teacher tried to kill me in my sleep? Yeah. Well, I mean, the it. one of their little forced timing sessions ends with him like wiping his face. Yeah. And he's got, you know, some moisture on his hand. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's very sexual. Yeah. He does. Um, well, but, I mean, so, okay similar like i I don't want to skip away from raylo too much except for adam driver's face like uh luke skywalker is it canonical now that he is a a virgin like um did he go on a galactic like like war hero fuck tour after jedi i don't know i mean it didn't sound like he started up the academy for a while so who knows what he's doing in the interim there i mean it seems like like if they were to like pull out like oh by the way he had like wife and kids now that would seem like it was out of nowhere like a widow so, yeah. <laughs> a woman he left mm-hmm. sorry hon like force the, call they the won't more, be back the more interesting question I think is is Kylo Ren a virgin who the fuck is gonna sleep with him I, I guess I don't want to I don't 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 tweet at me don't don't email I don't want to there are him. many people who would. I, I, I don't want to hear just about because it. you're not attracted to him um I think uh, there's an interview with he Ryan is, Johnson where he, he is like the the cut version of that cat people article. The dude in that, <laughs> I think it was a Ryan Johnson interview where there Adam Driver had asked him, "Has Kylo Ren ever kissed a girl?" And they were like, "Maybe, maybe at the Academy they played like spin the lightsaber or something like that." Well, I know that they have they obviously have heat and they have a kind of chemistry, like a mad scientist kind of chemistry. The two of them, who, uh, Raylo. Ray but like a little bit of chemistry, dude. Th- like this movie's dripping with their chemistry. L- let me. I know. I know. People like like poor first order technicians are slipping in the hallways mm-hmm. from all those juices on the floor. But like, uh, we're not talking about his posse. His like JTP, what, the Knights of Ren, the Knights of Ren, his bros. Like, how do we know he wasn't in the bros? Oh, we don't know those are all guys. True. True. I mean, but who? For all we know, his ex is a big anime sword person. Could be. Could be. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I that had to be a reference to the Knights of Ren, right? When he when Luke says like he left with a handful yeah, yeah, yeah. of students. I mean, that's that's how I really think they're coming in episode nine. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, JJ's like, whatever you do, don't fucking touch my boys. <laughs> the the force visions of each other, the force timing. But but one hundred percent, if like he had pinged her a few times and she didn't respond, he'd be like, "You're such a bitch. Why don't you kill yourself?" I could have used like a dozen more force bond scenes. They were incredibly entertaining. Each one of them. Oh, they. they I kind of wonder if there was like one or two that was cut. There's a in the great use of sound, like when she's walking away from one one tense moment with Luke, and then she just kind of pauses because she knows that he's like, and she's like, I'd rather not do this right now. Yeah, I like. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I uh, like the the way the audio. It was it was kind of like echoing his voice forward in time, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like distorted, 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 and then you hear it for real. And you're like, yeah, me neither. <laughs> Kill the pile. I uh, oh look at that! I'm not wearing a shirt. You you caught me at a bad moment. I, I haven't been sitting like this for two hours. Just hoping. Oiling my body. Hoping you would you would call. What are, what is his room like? Just rubbing this cocoa butter <laughs> all over my pets. I'm kinda shocked that his room on the supremacy isn't just all mirrors. <laughs> I feel like I uh I have a mirror on my ceiling, you know. I feel like sex of Kylo Ren, if you could even achieve such a concept. Is a lot. Oh, I think it happened. Is a movie. lot like the Patrick Bateman fuck scene in American Psycho, where he's just like flexing in mirrors. No, I think he. I think he just cries the whole time. <laughs> Han. Uh, ooh. you have no place in the story. You come from nothing. He's you're straight, nothing, but not to me. He straight up negs her, and then he's, br- he's, he's, he's the neg master. 5, he is 000. doing some NLP to her, which is like a, a watered down version of what Snoke does to him. Oh, my apprentice, you're a sweet little bitch. You'll come crawling back for it, boy. Like, in a later mask. on, Kylo Ren's just like, those motherfuckers at the Red Pill told me this would work. I'm going to go <laughs> murder those cucks. These are my bros, General Hawks, Richard Spencer. She didn't go for it at all, goddammit. But, uh, I look like an asshole. <laughs> it's like, it's like pseudo, I don't know. I don't know why. It's not totally accurate. It just reminded me a lot of like, personal shopper a little bit their their interactions of each other like kind of ghostly texting but like it's like facetiming mm, okay um yeah yeah just psychic facetime emo kylo ren has returned on twitter and there's there's been some gold some solid gold <laughs> masked shamed kylo ren <laughs> i made a new friend on skype yeah. <laughs> they really they really play up it's like muffled like <laughs> take that thing off I bet the inside of it smells terrible. I love that the first thing Ray does when she sees Kylo Ren in a Force Vision, she tries to shoot him in the dick. Was it a dick? I mean, it might as well have been. He looked down like that. <laughs> there is a. I love it. By the end of her time on Octu, she doesn't give a fuck about those caretakers. <laughs> she, fuck you. Okay, she when she like slices the uh, fucking ruining their lives. She slices that rock in half. It like totally blows away their wheelbarrow or whatever she looks down does not say she's no, sorry she say she's like huh anyway <laughs> what she says what are those things <laughs> not a fan of the caretakers Fuck. uh which is totally worth it for when luke uh drinks that blue milk or whatever oh we gotta talk about that and, he, and he's just like yeah. i feel like that other than the throwing the lightsaber that was probably the first moment where some people in the audience were like, oh, what's going on? Luke's a little crazy. Because Luke is just like, yeah, green tit milk. 
and now I'm going to drink it. And like, was he it does green? This, I thought it was blue. It was like sea foam, you know. But, he, but I was like, is this is this the blue milk? No, no, it was, it was like greenish. <laughs> but he, he like drinks it and give her this gives her this look. It's just like, yeah, that's right. I'm crazy. There's that, and you can't you can't. So talk about the sexuality of it all. We can't not mention the sixteen beach ball titties of the girl on Canto Bite. Oh, like the opera singer? Yeah. When yeah, that was a back. weird little thing, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, you almost want to be like, hold up, theater guy. Can we pause this and rewind to 15 seconds? Just want to make sure all 300 of us have seen this. <laughs> well, I mean, for the uh, the Finn Poe shippers out there, and Poe's getting the translation, oh, well, he's well. just like, what's that, PV8? Finn? Naked? Leaking? <laughs> well, he squirts his juice on Poe, too. They did a whole lot of uh, like comforting each other, like putting the hand on the abdomen oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Finn, Finn, not too bad in this movie. He's got two girlfriends and one boyfriend. I, I mean, how did you interpret? We're jumping ahead, but the scene at the end where, well, let's talk about the sexual politics on the Falcon alone. Poe is he? Uh, is he a little impressed when she's lifting those rocks? Is he just like, how you doing? Well, it's like is. Is there something here they're trying to communicate, or is it just that Oscar Isaac has like amazing chemistry with Daisy Ridley, and so like we're just reading into it, you know? Which is funny because I think I asked you a few days ago, "Hey, have Poe and like Ray even actually met?" <laughs> and you're like, "Well, they had one scene and no dialogue." Well, it's like maybe that scene just exists. I think the Scavengers Horde, Horde podcast was talking about this. Like maybe that's just there to be to, because it's like they've never talked to each Interacted. other on screen, and it's like the end of the second movie. They like we should at least make sure that. They've like met each other like on well, screen, and I think I think if there's one thing that I'm I'm sure wasn't intended, but I personally enjoyed as a reaction to Force Awakens. It's my one flaw with Force Awakens, in that it's from Chewie that Luke gets his like, "Where's Han?" You know, "Oh shit, my bro!" You know, um, I'm glad that Chewie got to finally do something. With got him. a little more with it. Also, yeah. Chewie, great pilot. Chewie was kicking ass, man. Yeah. It's this poor co-pilot. Oh, I fucking love the porks. Um, well, I'm sure we'll circle back to Raylo later, but I mean, uh, my first... shout, shout out to the Raylo fans. Like, they were right; they got what they wanted. Like, beyond their wildest dreams, I would say. I would, I would say. Yeah. I mean, that that hand touching is like basically sex, like metaphorically speaking. At least for Kylo Ren, especially like when they fight uh, the Praetorian Guard. That's basically like their big sex scene. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, all fight scenes are sex scenes. Uh, so let's talk about some of the plot lines. What did you think of the resistance plot line? I was surprised that it was so insular and contained and, and I don't want to say small, but like that it was just this particular moment. It's, it's funny. I, I think you have to keep reminding yourself that this is the resistance and not the rebellion. Mm-hmm. The rebellion was actually a massive organization. Eventually in yeah. those, those four movies. Um, this group is at one point it's 400 people and that's dwindling. Well, I kept for the first part of the movie, I kept expecting like first I thought like, Oh, Holdo will be the one who shows up with like some Republic ships, you know? And then that didn't happen. And it's like, okay, well like somehow or other they're like, like how will the Calvary arrive? And it took me a while to realize the Calvary is never coming. Like this isn't a story about, an escape it's a story of attrition you know yeah. where like they're going to be whittled down to almost nothing well and and how do you maintain hope from that mm-hmm. and it's interesting though like uh, <laughs> oh our call's been received yeah no one's coming yeah <laughs> um well, real quick my first note going in the exact opposite direction 
Uh, first order micromanagement. I don't know how this giant organization works. Just with uh, Snoke slapping Hux around like a rag doll on the bridge of his really own ship. Really undermining his yeah, authority. Yeah. yeah. Well, like you don't see Lysa Aaron anymore. She's like, I, I don't want to work with you anymore. I mean, talk about team building. And then the the we have them on a string thing. Did you not get a vibe like, oh shit, there's a there's a traitor in the resistance? Yeah. Well, I, I think that was and intentional. And you're supposed to think it's Laura Dern. That was intentional. And because the a lot of the kind of controversy and complaints I've seen were that people are like, Holdo should have to- told Poe what the plan was. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the, the, this plot only happened because Holdo refused to tell Poe what the plan was. But Change it's like, man, baby. It's like, why, why should she yeah. exactly? Like, yeah. he's a, like, she's his superior officer and he just like, defied direct orders and got demoted why is it her job to like coddle him well, exactly and, and he straight up tells her something what i can't remember what it is but she's just like yeah thank you for telling me that as he, if he i t- don't shows know. up totally condescending to her yeah yeah like they're really that's the only scene they have until he calls her a traitor later mm. when she's trying to talk to him and he flips out because he sees the transports being fueled like there really is no opportunity there for her to like take him into his yeah he's not it, listening yeah um which is funny because her rank will throw you based on the way she's presented as like kind of like a Hunger Games light person. Mm-hmm. But it's like, maybe trust her because she is a military person. Everyone is in the fucking resistance. But like, she just looks too casual for me to be concerned that she doesn't got this. It was interesting. Like Halo casual. After reading the Leia Princess of Alderaan book to see how like that version of holdo matched up to this i would say it it works fairly well like you can see this is definitely a little older and more serious holdo but like one of the things from those books was like holdo often had kind of um outlandish or unexpected solutions to problems and whatnot you know like kind of thinking outside the box type of solutions Mm -hmm. and i think you, you get that in this with her like sneaking back to crate and whatnot she's and like her own mysterious like war victory in the past yeah and you figure like they they're being tracked somewhere somehow through hyperspace they don't know if there's a traitor on the ship is this the time to go tell explaining your plans to a uh guy who just got demoted and it's like Who's a hothead shouting at you in the bridge yeah who by the way when he learned what the plan was immediately leaked it to somebody who sold them out because yeah. he told finn and dj overheard so yeah i, I feel like the people who are complaining about Holdo, like she should have told Poe the plan. It's like you didn't learn the lesson that Poe was supposed to learn. Yeah. You know, which is like sometimes you just have to follow orders and do your jobs and like trust people, you know? And she's still like her parting shot on him is like praise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I like the guy. He's a pain in the ass, but yeah. he's good people. Yeah. Troublemakers are my kind of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it, I thought it was neat. Like, uh, I think it's Commander Daisy is the other older woman in this. Like, he kind of could like head candidate a bit to say like a lot of the resistance leaders are probably just like old friends of Leia's who've like they were in the shit 30 years ago and they survived and like now they're back to help Leia out like I think it wasn't an accident that when Poe walks up to Holdo and is like so you know we need to know the plan because they're going to be following us and she's like no shit buddy it's all women there you know yeah. <laughs> it's all older women and and he's like trying to tell them what's up and they're like yeah yeah we know I've kind of always wished that they would say that, oh, by the way, Admiral Akbar was actually a woman. <laughs> Akbar's dead. Were you were you uh, offended that Akbar didn't get a better send off? Not offended, but I was just like that was my first like, damn, they're going there. I wanna say the guy who played Akbar may have died recently. Uh, I don't know if that was intended or anything as like a tribute or I don't know what, but yeah, Akbar done. 
he didn't realize it was a trap. <laughs> Although, like <laughs> this this ending, it's a crap. If uh, if you go by like all the EU books and whatnot, it's like oh, the genius of Adam Akbar. If you go by only what you've seen in the actual movies, Akbar constantly has to be told what to do by somebody else. You know, like in Return of the Jedi, Lando's just like, "Yes, I said closer to them." You know, like this is what you have to do. And so Akbar follows orders. And then this, Leia's just like, full speed ahead. And Akbar's like, what was that you just said? I said full speed ahead. We have to do this. Yeah, seemingly Akbar's Picard move is just like weird swivel chairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like repeating the order he, he was just suggested to him, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, wasn't it like the Zon, the original Zon books that was just all about like the genius of fucking Admiral Akbar? He's like, there's a lot of for murder. His military genius. No, that, that's in the Kevin J. Anderson uh, Jedi oh. Academy trilogy that he's framed for murder, I think. It's stupid. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, just again, as I'm scrolling through my notes here, there's one reason I'm bringing it up again. The level of psychic tomfoolery in this galaxy. It's kind of funny. It's the powers of the goddamn force. Remember when Yoda and Mace Windows spent like countless fucking hours in budget meetings with like Palpatine von Beezlebub mm. before they realized that he was the goddamn devil? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of Leia's use of the force? Um, if I have one issue that bothers me, it's it's in a movie like Star Wars where people are psychically projecting themselves in the samurai fights in front mm-hmm. of robots and stuff. It's uh like people surviving in space for extended periods of time, but whatever. I think it would have worked maybe a little bit better if there wasn't like there was a lot of movie that happened and then we came back to her mm-hmm. and it just seemed like it'd been a long time. Yeah. Like if she had done that immediately, maybe I don't know, it would have had more impact. At first, when I saw it, I thought it was actually like her force ghost. I mm-hmm. thought that was what I was watching because she almost looks transparent as she's flying back. Because um, my understanding is the human body really can't survive more than like 45 it's seconds Star in Wars. Space. I mean, it's just, yeah. you got to throw all that out the window when it comes to Star Wars. Also, like just the whole the predicament they're in with them losing fuel and like, like that's not how space works. <laughs> you know? like, right, right. You don't just stop when you run out of fuel. <laughs> <in space. laughs> But yeah, like, uh, I know a lot of people complain. Well, like, well, I get the fucking like first order ships, like catch up the resistance ships. They do have a line in there about that they just can't because they're lighter. I liked it. The- to me, it it put me in mind of a movie like say like Master and Commander or other kind of um, movies in volume volume like old like sailing navies mm-hmm. where like you might see a ship behind you that like has the better wind or has better sails, and it's like. They'll catch you. It'll be two days, but you know they'll catch you unless something changes. Well, you know? In space, too, there's a lot to do with momentum. Yeah. Well, and it's just the idea of like, they'll get there eventually. You know, like they have you unless some miracle happens. A, a spaceship with better thrust chasing you than your ship is also a spaceship that better have better brakes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you really wanted to hand wave it, there's like explanations you could make of like, oh, if they made micro jumps, then like they could use that opportunity to jump somewhere else and they lose them, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, the way it's presented, it's like, sure, whatever. Well, it's you like, gotta fine. Go with it. They need to be buying better ships from better Tony Starks. Um, well, Octu in general, what did you think of Octu? Uh, I loved everything on Octu. I mean, to me, I, I think if you're going to like rank plot lines, I think the Luke, Ray, and then I guess you maybe fit Kylo into that. Hmm. Like, theirs is number one. I would put the Resistance number two, and then like Rose and Finn can't abide number three. A scene that I never thought I had seen in a Star Wars movie is uh chewy and the uh the pork dinner that was great that was amazing the and the solo watch, pork just being like yeah and be able to watch people's reaction to yeah. it yeah you, i definitely got like a, a full spectrum some people just thought it was hilarious 
the audience we were in, it was just very much like, ah, you know, like, no, yeah. one person said. <laughs> so you think I saw he ate some the pork? article where someone's like, Chewbacca's obviously like a vegetarian now. It's like, eh. I just love his look at the end. He's like, God damn it. What is he just ruined my appetite? They never like flesh out Chewbacca, but he's always a welcome present. Do you think he ate the pork later? That was that was it. He just like went and got a granola bar. If he did, I bet he he offered a strip to one of the porks, and they probably ate it, and then they feel completely. Maybe he just went and suckered off on one of those uh, animals with their weird green milk breasts. He probably just gone and eaten like a caretaker, <laughs> for sure. Um, also, did you notice that the Luke's door is part of his X-wing? Oh, is it? I didn't notice <laughs> yeah. that. Nice. Uh, <laughs> like the, the they don't have doors or whatever there, so he just rips off a part of his ship. Yeah, you mentioned Octu. I really love the first moment, like after he throws a lightsaber and like rejects her. The John Williams, he starts hitting like there's like these certain notes that are just like synonymous with like an island mm. or like a beach. You know, they start hitting this kind of like high strings. You know, it's kind of a mysterious island type vibe. He's putting on the score. She sees the X wing in the water when she picks up the uh, the lightsaber there. Like uh, the vibe of that was great. It was just like. It was like weird and mysterious and like not at all what you're expecting, you know, or, or what she was expecting at least. Do you think Ray grabbed the books or is that like a Yoda thing? Uh, let's save that for the end because, okay. yeah, when we talk about episode nine, but yeah, the, I love that just when she sees him milking that weird monster, whatever thing is at first, like when she first sees it, she's like, oh, and she smiles and he starts milking it and drinking it. And she's like, eh, this is and like it looks at her. I want to be like relax like, people what, what the fuck is going he's on? putting in his sports bottle it's not like luke's sucking it straight from the teat that would probably would have been a little too much yeah like all up in just his like beard aiming it in his face yeah. <laughs> smiling at her while it's just splashing in his face like a bukkake yeah yeah how did you feel about the porgs in general well i i've been set to love my, my phaser has been set to fuck yeah on porgs for a while i don't know how you could dislike them i feel like they never overwhelmed any scene they're in i really liked hearing them in the backgrounds of, of some of the octu scenes when luke like does this weird little like pole vault to, to the ledge there's mm-hmm. like a porg on the other ledge but it's just kind of there on well, the side panning through the falcon at one point see some porgs have already set up like a nest mm-hmm. is one i hope the porgs are always going to be in the falcon from now to the end of time I I there's pol- porg infestation i really love the way they would go straight up when they fly away yeah. it's, it's there's something so quaint and old school about that effect because it's like it's like they're literally just being pulled on a string or something but like something about that movement just like it works so perfectly it's yeah. like it's so it's straightforward about them it, yeah it, it's just like it's so in character for the porg they're just like whoop it just like flies straight but yeah up. they're they're starling penguins that just have like they're all facial expression I really thought one of them was going to get a lightsaber in the face in that one scene. <laughs> He's like jumping up and down on the ignition, ignition thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just I hope we get like an episode nine scene where it's like a tense like strategy session on the Falcon and they're just like waddling around the background. My my only complaint about the Porgs is that we did not get a scene with like an Ur Porg that was like five feet tall. Mm, wow. But yeah, the Porgs and the uh, Crystal Foxes. Make an appearance on my uh, character rankings. Oh, interesting. Um, Snoke in general. D- did Snoke deserve a better backstory? How did you feel about that? I don't know if he deserved a better backstory. I mean, for sure, the desire is there. 
And a lot of the little details that always come of Star Wars stuff that falls essentially not into movie stuff, but like a, a eventual merchandising stuff is all ridiculous. Like now that I've read it in like a book, I just can't stop thinking about the stupidity of like he's got a ring with a rock, like a volcanic rock from underneath Vader's Mustafar castle. It's just puzzling. That's like Pablo Hidalgo needs a job. So that's why you find out shit like that. Um, um, but everything is fascinating and curious. I mean, I I liked a lot of his fucked up mannerisms. I like the, oh no, did you sense something wrong in my uh, apprentice? There's just like a seriously unspoken about, but not shied away from like twisted story of abuse all throughout him. Um, I, I would not be shocked if like we get like Kylo Ren just being like, you know, he first found me in a in a Best Buy when I was looking at some CDs, and from that point on, he saw something special. I was in the car stereo section. I really wanted to slam it, you know, just just really, really I just, blow it out. I wanted to sit on a Bose and turn it up to eleven. With these speakers, you actually have to roll down the window so that the full like like the bass mm-hmm. wave is too big. You have mm-hmm. to roll the windows down in the Falcon. I, my dream has always been to pull the Falcon up to a bunch of fly honeys roll down the window and no scrubs is just blaring yeah i never i i've seen this mentioned a lot they're like oh ryan johnson ignored the two big mysteries of the force awakens you know who is snoke and who are his parents i no? never really got the impression that there was a mystery set up about snoke i feel like it was quite the opposite there is nothing diegetically in the movie to make you think there's a big mystery about who snoke is it was just like this evil force he's just guy. he's just a force and yeah. all the kind of extra textual stuff the interviews and whatnot they were all saying over and over and over and over and over and over again this is a new character he's not Plagueis. he's you know he's not like this isn't some big trick like i don't know why people persisted so much with their stupid snoke theories yeah, yeah. when the people making the movies told them over, over and over again that like that's not like you're completely missing the point of this character. He's not a demented Palpatine deformed clone. He's not Mace Windu. Yeah. yeah. He's a dude who's a little bit gross. One of his eyes is higher than the others. He's got a crack in his skull. He's wearing a gold robe of gold slippers. I feel like that's he's very I mean, hot Jackson is who he is. <laughs> what was suggested from the like interviews around the Force Awakens, he's like, Oh, he's he's some dark side user that the Empire sought out to be their leader after the Empire Emperor mm-hmm. died. And it's like Okay, I don't need anything else. I don't need to know like like why he sat out the like he just he was in the unknown regions. He was like way far away, you know. He's old. He's evil. He wants to kill the Jedi. He um, that's all I really need. I I don't need some like massive complicated explanation of his backstory. He's like clearly obviously CGI, and at parts it looks like say they are CGI, and at parts I was just fascinated with the details going into like the the one scarry region on the one side of his face, there's all this like peach fuzz. Like he mm. couldn't, he obviously can't shave. There. <laughs> I would, I thought the CGI was pretty good. I think what throws him off a little is the scene where he's walking. I think he's, he's supposed to be sort of limping, but because he's, he? yeah, but I think it's because he's under a robe. It looks more like bad walking CGI than it does like a limp. I, I didn't get a limp vibe. I got a like, uh, I've got like a certain robe swagger, but I have no ass and therefore no hips. See, I got it more like he's like, you know, older, decrepit or injured or something. He can't just like stride normally. See, I presume that those gold slippers are just rife with like memory foam because it was like fallen arches or whatever. Memory foam. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you think about the Praetorian Guard? 
they were very cool um what an interesting i mean the design was neat they had lots of cool weapons none of which were lightsabers but you know could fight lightsabers so that's that's what we need i like how you really see it the one sword it's a sword with a little thin laser that goes along the blade just just because just in case oh like the the weird like pole arm staff the guy had yeah yeah well they all had like a little bit of laser somewhere on their on their thing mm-hmm. um their armor which i guess is like it's not like lightsaber resistant i don't know like repellent or whatever it's like it can kind of lock a lightsaber blade a little but not entirely sort of was, was how i read it you know um and you can see them they're like one dude's like resting his sword or whatever on his arm well, it was like it looked like it was burning it a little, a bit. little bit, yeah. But, yeah, but like I, I like that. So it's like, like the shots that they got, like Ray and Kylo fighting them. It's like, it wasn't like they could just like just wave their sword and it goes right through them and like butter. It's like no, like she had to get them like under the neck and you know stuff like that. Like, like I, I like the idea of armor that it's at least somewhat resistant, so that it's not just the lightsabers you know cuts through anything like butter and it's like not very interesting i love the the profunda rasa the deep red of that throne room mm-hmm. i loved the little things like just the ginormous magnifying glass like it doesn't need to be any more sci-fi than that people had so many theories about how that was like some sort of force sucking machine and that snoke was a force vampire and he's gonna like steal her essence to like heal himself yeah, that's I could happen. see some kind of dumb like uh, Cerebro focus on any part of the galaxy thing, but like it's just, you know, hey, some shit's far away. <laughs> Do I look like I've got great eyesight? No, look at my fucked up face. So the other the other mystery, obviously, Ray's parentage. It was really funny to go back and listen to our, our Force Awakens podcast because I, I was like 90% she's Luke's daughter. <laughs> 9% she's someone else's daughter. 1% she's nobody. And yeah, I was wrong. Where did I fall on that? You were non-committal. Okay. Um, they are no one. They are junk rats that sold Ray for black tar space heroin. Money. Yeah. yeah. I think that's brilliant. I think Kylo Ren comes from the vaunted Skywalker heritage. Good for him. She's no one. She doesn't need to be some previous person because this is how you elevate yourself to legend. She wasn't born on third base thinking she had a triple. She's not George W. Um, I just, he fucking negs her though. You're no one, but not to me, babe. I think you're special. I mean, I'm trying to be romantic. Which is kind of hard to... I mean, everyone wants to hear, especially at the beginning, that they're special, that the other person finds them special. It's kind of funny, though, right after his um, his his master has just told him that, like, I thought you were very special in the beginning, too. Now you're not, yeah. Well, but now he's just like, now that he's gone, Ray, I think you're special. It is funny in that old podcast, out, but my resistance to her being known is I was like, well, what would the payoff be? And I think I was thinking of it more in terms of like audience payoff mm. as opposed to character payoff. And it was clear the character payoff they went with in this is that she is known and been denial the whole time about her parents, you know, facing the truth. She had to assume that. that was a possibility, right? Well, I think they kind of suggest that she's always known and been in denial. And if you go back and watch The Force Awakens, you can see even in that, it, it strongly suggested that she's in denial about her parents. Mm. You know, like Maz's conversation with her, you know, mm. where she's just basically like, you already know the truth. Your parents are never coming back. Like, And so I think he, him using her, you know, secret knowledge but denial of against her 
it was like he really thought that was going to be the kind of fulcrum to turn her. Oh, and I think to people don't fall in love with your pet theory, especially if your pet theory is stupid. Well, that, so like one of my you friends just have to was be like prepared for other options. You one know? of my friends was just like, well, I thought it was stupid that she wasn't Obi-Wan's daughter. And I'm like, why the fuck would she be? <laughs> Cause she has an English accent. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I thought, you like know, a genetic English accent. <laughs> exactly. I, at the time, you know, I was like, what would be the payoff? Obviously this is the payoff. I just didn't think of it that like, that information could be used against her that she actually has some deep seated and maybe subconscious fears about who she is and about who her parents are. That is a, an extreme vulnerability for her that Kylo Ren could use against her. Mm. Um, like as the vision he says he has is interesting. She says that she sees him turning, mm. you know, he's, he doesn't say he sees her turning. He says, I saw your parents. And doesn't he, he believes, say, I see you at my, by my side or something like that. He believes that the knowledge of that will bring her, to his side it was it seemed to be what he was communicating there what did you think about her time in the never-ending like sif prism so yeah the the dark side cave or whatever you want to call it the uh the, seaweed well, the other side vagina. of the seaweed vagina yeah, yeah. <laughs> i really like that that's scene. my favorite eve ensler play it's the other side of the seaweed vagina i hope ryan johnson never explains that scene uh because i think there's it's better for people to interpret it on their own. I think there's some sort of emphatically. There's some sort of suggestion there about I don't know, like a causality or like um like a time loop or you, a you cause- needed the architect from the Matrix to come in and tell us about it. No, like <laughs> just the way that she it's like a loop. You know, she yeah. snaps her fingers and it comes back around and she can time herself to it. And it's like, is this suggesting that like like a, a sense of destiny? You know, like these are the versions ahead of you in time. These are the versions behind you in time. And they all kind of like in, move together. I'm trying to think of this is a bad example, but it's the easiest uh, example from cinema. The the blobby T2 thing from Donnie Darko that comes out of your chest mm, okay. and leads around the hallway. And it tells you basically you're going to get up and go that way. But yeah, I, I kind of wondered. I mean, like it's each one of those rays turning around is accepting that this is who she is in that moment. And that'll be. Potentially, well, who that was she all is from that point on. When she first touches the reflective surface, whatever that is, it then we come to the other side mm-hmm. and we're like inside that, and it goes all the way along to another reflective surface and seemingly comes back out to the other side. There, I, I, I guess it's like she, she, the darks is like somehow strong in the dark side of the force. It's calling her. It's suggested that it could tell her who her parents are, and then it shows her just herself and that she's completely alone and that seemingly all her actions are in a loop. Like they're always going to be the same. She's always alone and isolated. There's no one but her. She asks to see her parents. She thinks she's going to get it. And then it's just her again. Like, I guess that was the dark side. They try, coalesced like, to one and bringing her, her yeah. to despair, I guess, which is another great, not callback, but you know what I mean? To like the cave and empire strikes back. I think Very it's different. Though. I think it's interesting that the empire, both her and Luke at that point, can really only see that kind of past that that past destiny that past prologue in terms of themselves um i like that you mentioned causality because i i've always kind of thought choice doesn't necessarily negate destiny it's it's about when you in like time travel it's about when you see that mm-hmm. if i go if i go in the future and see myself do something and i come back to the present well now i i don't know that that's my and i know that's my destiny or whatever but like, you know, she chides Luke 
your only mistake was assuming that his choice had been made at that point. Um, but this is potentially who Kylo Ren was always going to be. Could be. I mean, another way to interpret it would be these are different versions of herself, but there's something about her that's so centered that they're all essentially the same. Mm-hmm. Um, like it really seemed like the dark side. She wanted to know who her parents are and the dark side instead just showed her herself as though it wanted to make her feel even more alone. It wanted to bring her to a low point. Well, and so she's, she's comfortable with the dark side. Um, it's, it's, there's a presence of it within her for sure. I don't know that it's so binary though, that she can't be a Jedi and not be comfortable with a certain level of dark side. I don't know how the fuck she wouldn't know the dark side with considering her upbringing and the intense loneliness that she's always felt. She knows suffering. I don't, I, I think there's a little bit of, I guess what it puts me in mind of is like Harry Potter, wherein she doesn't want the power for herself. Mm-hmm. She's never in either of these movies seeking out power for her own ends, really. She is trying to give the lightsaber to Luke. If he doesn't want to take it, she'll give it to Kylo. Like she, she's probably at the very points touching on the dark side, but. I don't think it's corrupting her or seducing her in any way because she doesn't crave power. Like I think fundamentally, like that's not what she wants. Right. She just wants to belong. Yeah. The, the, the fallacy and the banality of evil, I think is always that what is always offered to people and like the seduction of evil is always something enticing. I don't know why you wouldn't bite into a piece of fruit that offers you knowledge. Like, I guess the idea is always, we're supposed to believe these are like hollow promises, but mm-hmm. like, I feel like they've always kind of sold the sift to us as essentially like you get to enjoy the fullness of being a human. Like your your pain turns into to joy. The Sith suck. I mean, let's be real. Well, they do because the they're always totally blow. they're always angry, whiny, sweaty. Well, there can only be bags. two of them, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like what they sell you sounds enticing. It's like it never sounded that enticing. To me. You it's don't like, have to be. We just want you to be angry all the time. But I mean, that's how it comes out. I think you know. Also, I would have I would have loved if uh, Palpatine was like, "Also, oh, you don't have to be celibate." <laughs> oh, thank God! <laughs> I've expelled a lot of midi chlorians in the corner of my room. If you know what I mean. I thought this I scene, the scene where Kylo is talking to Ray after they've killed Snoke, and he's like, "You just keep holding on, just let go." You know, like it's almost like a perversion of the no attachments philosophy of the Jedi. Like he's He's taken it to such an extreme. Like he really believes that that that's the only way he can kind of like be free of his own pain is to let you know let the past die killed if he have to. Like I've like he just wants to kill everything that reminds him of his past, and he's like, "You do the same, right?" And then we'll both be cool. Can I quote the um, philosopher Ezra Fitzgerald? Sure. Sometimes you just have to forgive yourself. Mm-hmm. But it's like that's that's why he killed Han Solo is because it's it's the past that he's running from you know he he really wants no attachments at all he just wants to kill everything yeah because i mean on some level i, I feel like that's a an indication of his own self-esteem there well he'll kill the emotion he doesn't want anyone kill who, the shame anyone who can identify ben solo well and also yeah because then if the memory of ben solo is gone then then all the bad stuff that happened to ben solo is gone too but also i i this is very uh, commonplace in in America now, especially. I totally believe in not giving a platform to certain undesirable elements, but I don't think you can ignore them and further marginalize them, like because they eventually unite and and act out in worse ways. And I think that's kind of the Ben Solo thing here. 
Um, you should always read the comments. That's how you get a Donald Trump. <laughs> Did you notice that she starts calling him Ben after? I think it's after he tells her his side of the story. Well, he de- she definitely turns around, like you said. She tries to shoot him in the dick for killing Han. Well, she calls him Kylo up to a certain point, and then she starts she's, calling him. And ben. she's selling it to Luke. She her first comment is Kylo Ren is completely absorbed by the dark side, mm-hmm. and then she's all on Ben's. Did you create Kylo Ren? Yeah. yeah. That's a great scene. What What did you think? Let's talk I mean, about. It looks about. like he's actually calling himself Kylo Ren. Mark Hamill does full on Joker voice a few times. Let's Let's talk about Luke Skywalker in his legacy. What did you think about the treatment of his character in this movie? I really like the bravery of just making him the crotchety hermit that he should be. This is why I, I almost think maybe maybe you don't need to do the Obi Wan movie, except you should with Hugh McGregor. Because like it should be a little bit of this. Obviously, Obi Wan's a much more classier version. He would probably I mean, be having like tea and crumpets, and then like hitting hard bruise that later that night. The only reason you do an Obi Wan movie is because Ewan McGregor is great, and he never got the material he deserved. Right. And so it's like if you can give it to him, fine, do an Obi Wan movie rather than recasting young Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, I I just thought this was so brave. I thought this was a very this is where it should have gone. It's not where you thought it would go. This is where it should have gone. I, I think there are a lot of people out there who they're very familiar with the old EU and Luke Skywalker was just like ass kicker extraordinaire who showed up at the end of every single book to do amazing things with the force. Mm-hmm. And he like never wavered, never had doubts about anything. Um, I read all those books. I enjoyed some of them. You know, I've read a shit ton of the old EU books, but like I am perfectly fine with this take on the character. I think it's, it's just more interesting and dramatic, you know, like it would be boring if Luke was just like if if Luke was the the kind of vision he projected at the end of the movie the entire time. Mm. What what's the point? All right. You know? So here's I would love for us to really go through because you've read almost all the Star Wars books, right? All the post Jedi ones or like almost all of them, except for like a, one or two. I would love to do a podcast someday where I just like, OK, here's this one. And you tell me what it's about and we talk about it. But like I read the three the first three of Mara Jade. And I really liked her. The Thrawn trilogy. I liked I liked the idea of her, but it's a very fan fiction-y idea. The assassin girl who's who wants to kill him. I, I hate she's the been, term, but she is really a kind of a Mary Sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's like bred to kill him and they have to slowly like fall in love and, and it's hot like which is why the people bitching about Raylo, it's like come on this is like an established trope like oh yeah yeah like they're enemies but they're into each other and, i know. mean i'll say this about adam driver's looks he looks like a vampire okay. i totally get it well i i, I think with, if he sparkled in this movie i'd be like oh yeah i'm sorry with Raylo, guys, and, you were totally right with ray and ben like to me that's almost like the best kind of romance is the kind that like can never be where they're both into each other but neither of them can ever relent to what the other wants like i don't know that's that's just uh that's good pulpy drama there i'm sorry kylo i do feel an inexplicable draw to you but i can't act upon it because it's weird and you're weird so instead i'm going to sully the wound with either finn or poe or maybe rose i don't know i've got options oh you're back (laughs) off i guess you're dating that poe guy now i totally outfly him i mean he's cool and everything but did you did you see you weren't there but i told you it was like this like spinny thing yeah it was real badass you know when we were five he totally shit his pants in school i just thought you should know that yeah your boyfriend stupid poe i gotta go he spends more time in his hair than i do i mean that <laughs> but, but you're not gonna text me back bitch 
there's just something delightful about uh, the, the bad romance, I think. And it's, I don't know, there's been so much resistance to the idea of it that it's really just like, what kind of message is this sending? And it's like, it's a story. Like at some point. Well, this is not the time to complain about this message. This message has been like firing at us in a <laughs> cannon for like 10 years now. Well, you, you have to allow the, the writers to tell a story without like, like Ray can't be just 100% perfect does everything right never has any flaws like she needs to be a a character a human being you well know? and and talking about bad romances i mean showing our roots again we talk about pll and ezra so mm-hmm. much in our lives so far but they're not the first this is not the first that was not the first bad re- depiction of romance sold to people um i don't know if you remember hearing about soap operas and luke and laura like way before we were born not way before we i born. know the names but that's about it did not start in a good place mm-hmm. at all at all but um I was going to say the EU books. Didn't I remember like half of the synopses are like Luke ends up stranded on some derelict ship and falls in love with the ghost of like a Jedi girl or something. That was children of the Jedi. Yeah. And he like yes, he falls no. in love with the ghost and then like he happens to have this like kind of like hot bodied young apprentice who like she somehow kind of dies or, or something or other. So the, the ghost, ghost takes over the inhabits body. her body. Oh, it's like shit. score. Yeah. Oh man, some of those books. Do you remember when we really she eventually won? went to the dark side because that was like the only way she could use the force? For about a week, uh, Benjamin Light and I really worked hard on a pitch for a TV show that was just going to be called Ghost Detective. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, <laughs> I, I remember we us doing it. I barely remember anything about the show. Well, it was because you know whenever it was like, well, why would such and such happen? We're like, uh, hello, have you heard the title? It's called mm-hmm. Ghost Detective. It involves a lot of like ghosts taking over people's body for amorous reasons. Mm-hmm. But like, it seemed like a lot from my understanding from these synopses I would encounter. A lot of the EU books was about Luke Skywalker wants a girlfriend. <laughs> Not that many of them. Okay. Um, there was like in that regard, I'm like, I totally get Kylo Ren. There was like, <laughs> like you know unresolved sexual tension between him and Mara Jade for several years of 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 real time, not EU time, you know. Okay. And then they, they eventually got married. I mean, is Kylo Ren what happens if Harry Potter doesn't have like Ginny? Um no, I think there's a little more than that going on, perhaps. Okay. You know, it's her it's her choices that define us Harry. Speaking of Harry Potter, I the, actually reminding was like, Harry, could you put on a shirt mm-hmm. or work out? I had a note about the cursed child in here because I think there are a little bit of parallels. Um, a lot of people are really mad that it seemed like, you know, Han and Luke and Leia were like kind of bad parents, bad, bad adults in the interim. You know, how could you let this what, happen to Kylo Ren? What about their experiences in the original trilogy ever led you to believe they would be good parents? I don't, other than Leia, I think. I don't think it's like parenting's hard for one. You know? yeah, yeah. I'm not a parent myself, but it's like, I'm I'm well aware that it's not like an easy thing, especially if you get a kid who is just different from you in a lot of ways. But like it reminded me a lot of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, where I know some people are really mad. Like, how could Harry not have a good relationship with one of his sons? And it's like sometimes that just happens. You're just kind of you are different people personality wise, and it like it just doesn't mesh well. But that's also it's like I mean, I didn't even I didn't even like Cursed Child that much, but that part of it, I was like. Yeah, that totally checks out. But it also makes a lot of sense considering he's Harry Potter, you know. I mean, they 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 hit home the the talent and the the name of Kylo Ren's parents, and then he has a very unique set of skills, and that's got to be complicated for a teenager. What I mean, what part of that relationship seems like it would be easy to anyone? 
Well, Especially when, if your dad's a smuggler and your mother's trying to hold the fucking galaxy together for bare hands. And they don't have a ton of time for you, yeah. And Luke, when he was talking about his training in this movie and, you know, how, oh, I, I was a legend, I could do this. It, it made me think a little bit of, like, sports and how oftentimes in professional sports, the best athletes make the worst coaches. Mm. Like, Jerry Rice is the greatest receiver of all time. He'd be a terrible wide receivers coach because... He's just so much better than everyone. Like he's a Podamron. He, he doesn't know how to like. He wasn't like the best coaches are usually guys that weren't that good, mm-hmm. you know, at the sport. But they really worked hard and like understood. Well, but you they know. can see the whole field. Yeah, they they're not dead heroes. They're leaders. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sorry. Do you, I just remember? Do you remember when Prime Minister Hermione? Oh, had like the most powerful thing in the universe and a shitty safe behind some books. I just remember her <laughs> bitching and moaning at McGonagall. Like she got up in McGonagall's face and that, and I was just like, I, I, I try not to be the so and so would never do that, but like Hermione would never do that. Well, and Hermione would not be a fucking wreck at life because goddamn Ron was not in her life. She would just put him in his place, yeah. But uh, yeah, Luke's Luke's look when he force projects onto crate that is like. To me, like Let's book cover all, all you all you Luke fans out there, if that didn't do it for you, I don't know what will because that was like the ultimate older Luke. Like yeah. is like he kind of like it it's was his a, Jedi haircut, his it, return of the Jedi haircut. It was a little bit of his original Luke Skywalker outfit, only yeah, yeah. black. Yeah, which looked really cool. Like like uh, to me, it was like that was so perfect. Like that, it's like yes, this is the hero Jedi Luke you wanted. You got him. He just did something amazing. I was watching his outfit. In, in one of this viewing we did tonight mm-hmm. it looks like his pants only go down to like below his knees he's and got some capris on yeah. yeah like little little shorts um i didn't i never really got a good look at his calves but you gotta figure those would be like like cantaloupe size like all those like stairs he's walking up and hills and whatnot you, you think they're lean they're, i was getting tired just watching some of that yeah i mean he has like little little chicken legs you know mm-hmm. but i mean mark hamill not the best shape I'd say he's he's in pretty good shape. I, this movie. I mean, great. He's probably in better shape like, than you and I are combined. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, the, I really wondered when he uh, he pole vaults on that like hundred foot long like spear or whatever, and he like stabs a fish. How does he get the fish out? Because he's not using the force yet, so he's just kind of like arm it up, you know, one arm over arm, like a hundred feet in the hey, air. Hey, you want to help me? I can't help but want to do his Joker voice because I feel like that's his voice now. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really think like like if there are so many people who are just like this is crapped all over the original trilogy how could you do this to these characters like look characters they can't exist in stasis like yes they got their happy ending but like if the story is going to go on they're going to have to grow up along with the story it definitely shocked me in force awakens that han and leia hadn't been together and obviously they were not now that han was dead but this one i don't know maybe because i had that lived in dynamic in the two years since force awakens this one all felt right to me. Luke felt absolutely right. Leia was great. and But there's also this, I don't know, psychic glow around Carrie Fisher's performance because you know she's gone. And part of me knows that she was supposed to be the big deal in episode nine and she well, will not be. You know, the scene where she gets blown out of the ship, it, I mean, I'm sure it at least crossed your mind. Like, it, this can't be it, can it? Yeah, like, yeah. They just kill Leia off, you know? And like, yeah, every scene she's in, there is this extra emotional weight to everything she does i mean it it certainly helps that her and mark hamill are both throwing like 110 miles an hour in this movie like they were fantastic i'm just glad they had a scene together yeah yeah it was a great scene and even though harrison ford couldn't be there for it he was kind of 
metaphorically included as well. Yeah. Han was, well, Han about it. Yeah. But yeah, the dice. And- oh, uh, so uh, Thursday night, someone in my, my party was just like, I can't believe they destroyed the Skywalker lightsaber. And I was like, bro, this is like the first one. Like, this isn't anything. <laughs> You already lost it once. Yeah, like, like, were you mad then? Yeah, I was like, I don't think you know what's going is, on. Is that the force saying like neither neither you Ray nor you Kylo can use this lightsaber against the other? I wonder. Oh, like a wand thing, or just I don't know. Is is the force at work there, or is it just they were both pulling? Really but also, hard, you know, and part of this comes from the stupid novelization of Return of the Jedi as a kid. I remember that instilling in my brain that like your final test to become a Jedi Knight was to make your own make your own lightsabers. Yeah. Now, I mean, like this is perfect. Ray should be a self-made Jedi Knight at the start of Episode Nine, and then people can complain. Well, how'd you know how to make a lightsaber? Yeah, how the fuck Rebel, did Luke? Rebel. Yeah, <laughs> people seriously need to fuck off and stop whining about how powerful Ray is. Like, like. Was it was the line? Uh, Darkness rises and light to meet it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, what else do you need? She's super powerful in the force. She just is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like Snoke tells you trends. <laughs> yeah. Like I, it, it, I've seen so many people bitching and moaning about like she only had two days of training. That was nothing. It's like God, just shut up. Like, I, I, I if you don't like the Ray character, I just I feel bad for you because I find her fantastic and delightful and. I think the the point of her character is not how powerful she is, but what she does with that power. Mm. She's an amazing character, and they have a fantastic actor like mm-hmm. saying that character. Um, how does Kylo Ren? I thought it was interesting. He gets his cape back when he goes into the old Rebel base because, mm-hmm. like, he throws that thing off into the wind, and then he's got it back on. A few the fucking later. pose he does. He does this move where he throws the. The, the lightsaber out and ignites it all in yeah, yeah, like a the, step. the stomp yeah yeah the stomp which God he did damn. i love that they brought that back which doesn't actually happen in force awakens but no, it's in the trailer it's in the trailer yeah. yeah and it was badass in the trailer i cannot see this guy as a supreme leader i cannot see him being like uh all right hooks let's uh allocate some funds for uh this uh this thing here well, i keep thinking the next movie could have a time jump and it's like is he still in charge like, yeah how does that even work because hux at the end of this movie is already like staring at him like Yes, I will make some plans to get rid of you. you know? Oh, I, I I love the two of these guys together. I hope that Ryan Johnson made the two actors like live together for a month or something. The fucking like little like sneering smirk that Kyle or that Hux gives Kylo Ren at the beginning when he's like leaving uh, Snoke's chambers. You know, it's like Kylo's walking in and Hux just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic <laughs> them, so perfect. Donald Gleason getting it done for all the gingers. Oh, out he there. is. He is like a mutant of this character like it's it's so like i don't know like just combined and magnified might, and great he might understand what he's doing with this character more than any other actor in these movies he's just like i got it i know exactly i'm well, i'm a sneering cartoon I, yeah i feel like if ryan johnson's just like hey domino i'm not so sure about what you're doing here i feel like domino's like Let's go back to the speech I gave on Starkiller Base, the rally of the troops. I know. I think Donald Gleason, if he told him that, he would just peel off one of his gloves and slap you with it. (laughs) And then Ryan Johnson takes off the suit of armor glove and slaps him back. Yeah. But like four years from now, I just don't see uh, Kylo Ren being like, you know, all these health plans look the same. Why do we even need to offer health plans to our employees? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Aren't they all clones anyway? So let's talk a little bit about some of the other plot lines. Uh, Canto Bite 
this is one that's come in for some abuse. I liked it. I mean, obviously, it sets up the the big little ending epilogue there, but I like that it's not totally fitting beat for beat what we expect from previous Star Wars movies. I really enjoyed Canto Bite. Um, I, I enjoyed I that they don't get the master code breaker who can lay some pipe. Which, by the way, did Justin Thoreau? First of all, it's Justin Thoreau. I can't wait. He is the one character he, he where might, I'm like, bring on the EU novels. Give me the 700 I, page master I need code the comics, breaker novel. I need the novels. I think Lily Cole is his sidekick. But uh, did he not remind you a little bit of like, I maybe mean, it's just me, the immortal from Angel? I can't even remember the immortal from Angel, but he, he might be the only actor who understands his character even more than, than Hux. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember the exact line, but it's just like, something, something, darling, I'm on a roll. You know, like, yeah. Um, I, I liked Canto Bite. I do think that there's the part of the movie that drags for me, and I've noticed this on, on subsequent viewings, is when we come back to Canto Bite and they're in the jail, mm-hmm. that sequence to them eventually getting on the ship with DJ, it does feel like it drags. And I don't think it's necessarily that the problems with the content itself, although I could see some tweaks to it, but it's just like tonally it seems to mesh weirdly with what else is going on in the movie at that point. Like, because I feel like there's a it, maybe in every Star Wars movie, there's a sequence right around the midpoint where there's like a big chase or like a, a monster moment or something like that. Like there's kind of like this like sequence at the midpoint and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't like the Wrath Tars, I'd say, is an example of like, eh, you don't really need that, you know, mm. and the the father like, escape, getaway, whatever. To me, that was like, here's a lot of noise in action, but like it's just not compelling to the the larger plot right now it it, um, it just feels superfluous it reminded me of kind of a spielbergian thing with dealing with the shades of gray and the class warfare and then like we've seen it and then we're kind of stomping on it a little bit um well, and well, that the uh, the the marginalized characters are getting a little little payback when she's when rose is talking about why she hates canto bite she's talking about like how the first order like strip mine her world and then like shelled them it's like okay but then like the examples we're seeing on Poe's side are like they're mean to the racing animals, which is not that I condone that, but it's like it felt like there needed to be more there because mm-hmm. there's like a way you could view the Canto bite plot is just like, oh, they they freed the space horses, you know, and it just it feels less substantial, like the stakes are lower. Like it, it kind of felt like a one of those forces destiny type of storylines, you know, where it's just like this is kind of just some fluff. You know, and I mean, there's a lot of thematic resonance. I think you get eventually with some of the Canto Bite stuff and some of the stuff with DJ. But that was the one part of the movie to me that felt like it could have used like another pass or like a tweak to like the the stakes in it or something. Or I think how something in the these this new trilogy, you know, <laughs> they're not not everything that's that's neither black nor white is like bright, passionate red. Some things are gray, and I thought it was interesting that this is where the the weapons dealers come to cut loose yeah. there's there's you know where they have their eyes wide shut monte carlo nights i i love that i read somewhere that there apparently was a bathhouse part that was cut which of course there was i am curious to see what's cut and was it like more of canto bite or something else cuz it it seemed a little thin i guess like it was just kind of like canto bite people are bad cuz they're arms dealers and they're mean to their space horses mm-hmm. and we're done you know but i mean like dj what do you what do you think about dj I'm not sure about that stutter. Is it? I didn't hate it, but like, is that Benicio Toro, or is he just doing like a Finster he, thing? He's again? just doing his. It's it's him doing his thing. I think. Okay. I, if I were Ryan Johnson, I'd have been like, 
let's do one without the stutter. Let's just see how that works. Yeah, yeah. let's 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 a little less James Dean of a stutter. Yeah. Um otherwise I the, the moment with him I liked the best was probably right at the end where he's just like they blow you up today, you blow them up tomorrow and and Finn's just like you're wrong and he's just like maybe, you know. Uh we could see him again, I suppose. But you also he, need if he got to. away in time. You don't need to, but you could bring him back if you wanted to. Um, and, and maybe in the interim, he like went to like space therapy and got rid of his stutter. <laughs> um, it, I do feel like there is a missed opportunity for a Lando reference there. A Canto bite. You know? Oh, yeah. Well, that would have been a great place for just a Lando cameo because you don't Rose and Finn don't have to know who he is. He's just a guy like drinking go 45 and being like, damn you, code breaker. You're amazing at space craps. <laughs> I kept thinking at the end with like the kind of the coda scene or whatever with the kids on Canto bite, if they had moved that back like a few minutes to like, maybe like we went from the conversation on the Falcon to like kind of seeing that play out and then came back to the Falcon. I think it would have worked better personally. Mm. Cause like there's a shot of them all on the Falcon that is like, that's how you end the movie, that shot right there. And then they keep going. And I was just like, it ah. felt like a, uh, you know, after, after the jump, after the cut, you know what I mean? Like an end credit scene. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, something. it's like a post credits type of scene. Um, yeah, like I mean, you or just, or an end of episode nine scene. You could just imagine somebody like like Ray or Finn just being like, "Why are we going back to Canto Bight?" And Leia's just like, "Oh, we got to meet a an old friend there, card player, gambler, scoundrel. You'd like him, you know? Like it's just, uh it's just right there. Like what a perfect place for Lando to show up. What if they bring in Lando because they don't have Leia? They could. <laughs> I'm a general again. <laughs> I mean, honest, like, what percentage do you think that it's likely that Luke shows up as a Force Ghost in Episode Nine? Like, absolutely, ninety five percent, ninety nine. Maybe, maybe a hundred and twelve. Yeah. yeah. Barring unforeseen circumstances, I feel like it's it's just too easy. He even I, suggests that he's going to be haunting Kylo Ren. You know. Yeah. Well, and the suggestion, I kind of wonder if they had ever talked about trying to get like Harrison Ford back for a cameo. As what though? Well, I mean, they imply can't really be a force ghost. No, but they imply well, could, but then fans would shit their pants. You know, they've implied that Kylo's definitely carrying his father around of him mm-hmm. in some fashion. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, Billy D. I was just thinking like how he's gotten shit on his career in places. Like, remember how he was supposed to be Two Face? Yeah, Harvey Dent in the original too. Um, <laughs> Batman, flip a coin and drink two Colt forty fives or not? But yeah, Finn and Rose. I I enjoyed everything with them, but it just felt it felt like it didn't quite mesh with the rest of the movie, especially when like stuff with like Ray and mm-hmm. Kylo were really heating up and it was just like, Oh, we're back at Canto bite. You know, I guess there was a, originally a sequence where Finn encounters page. And the problem with that was that Ryan Johnson said that he didn't have to write the scene where he tells Rose, I knew your sister. And he's like, that was a, that was one of the few scenes I never wanted to write. Um, I love how elongated the page sequence is and the, the the casualties of war and like like the heroes like like he says the dead heroes uh, i really like page i really like rose a lot i think mm-hmm. kelly Marie tran is like the sensational find of this movie like she's like the secret mvp in some ways yeah no i she's been getting some shit from some quarters they're like oh it's a stupid kiss at the end like certain people just they don't like romance and comedy in their movies apparently but um i really liked her i She's kind of an audience avatar a mm. little bit, you know, um, the stuff I, I, I was thinking 
like her in the the Rose Finn and then Resistance plotlines, it almost reminded me in a way of like, uh, say like the Two Towers or Return of the King novels where they're technically like they're they're split up, you know, or like you could imagine an entire section that's just the Ray and Luke and Kylo stuff and nothing else, and then the other half is like just the Resistance and Rose and Finn stuff and nothing else, and then eventually bring it together. I wanted to see what was hold on the track on the soundtrack i believe is it's like something like fun with ray and finn or uh, fun with finn and rose or something like mm. that and i just uh, that's so fitting the title for yeah and i do it is fun i like i said my only criticism is that it it feels sometimes like like a tonal clash you know um, but there's there's that moment that that works out wonderfully it transforms beautifully into force awakens where both uh ray and finn who have very different millennial backgrounds or just like, holy shit, Harrison Ford, like you guys, you're heroes, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, it's all true. You know, it's like she kind of has that same hero moment, but Finn's not Harrison may Ford. May the force be with you. Yeah. <laughs> Go away. The closet saying of may the force be with you. And I want to be like for the normies. Is this like, is this for the muggles? It's like, is this like such an empty thing to say? I don't know. It's like good luck, basically. You know? I guess. I've always liked the idea right from the original Star Wars, this idea that like, the force is with you you know obi-wan is here the force is with them like some suggestion of luck or destiny or whatnot that's on your side you know not everyone can have luck yeah and on opposing sides but like i guess is it frustrating the 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 beauty of the muggles and harry potter is they don't know they live a fucking gods you know what i mean who can like control i think in in reality around in the star wars universe you may you don't need to be a jedi to have the force with you at least you know it's like it all went well for you. You know, the force was with you yeah. kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, the, it's, some it's, of the, it's the, it's the hollow phrases that we use to build ourselves up. Yeah. Like fortune favors the bold. Some of the themes I think from the, the Finn and Rose stuff were kind of a nice parallel or like compliment. Like I, I've got to feel like the, the stuff with DJ and Finn where he's just like live free, don't join. And you know, like what if you're wrong and whatnot? I feel like that was sort of like, a rejection of that type of like cynical kind of like gray motives, you know, like it kind of paralleled Ray with Luke mm-hmm. and, you know, Luke is just like the Jedi need to die. It doesn't matter. Like the force is the force, whatever. And I feel like this movie is like a lot of people theorize that this movie is going to be all about how like gray Jedi and like, you know, it's, it doesn't matter if you use the dark side or light side, it's all about your intentions or whatever. And this in, I think was quite the opposite it was saying like, no, you can't be cynical you know but also you both sides are not the same <laughs> you don't need a mark hamill yeah or a carrie fisher or harrison ford it doesn't stop it from being a star wars movie. i know ryan johnson had said that rose kind of came out of initially like it was poe that goes with finn to canto by and he, and he found that he wrote that and it was boring to him i think there's a way you could make it not boring but it was like their scenes in force awakens are electric which is why some of us ship them. well that, that's what i was gonna say the way that the way that you make uh, Finn and Poe and their adventure in Canto Bite work is you have to make it a relationship thing, you know? If that is their like romantic storyline, on the downside you lose Rose, but on the upside, it makes a whole lot more sense as to you know like why that's there. You lose the mutiny mm-hmm. thing, but you're you're gaining a lot more character interaction there between yeah, you the have, two. You have Poe be Poe, mm-hmm. meaning regardless if he's bi, poly, non-labeled or whatever, he's sexual as fuck. And you have Finn always be on the edge of like 
oh my god are we doing this well are we doing this if finn crashed into post speeder and was like i saved you dummy you know i don't know like there's a way you could do it that would streamline things a lot i think Mm -hmm. but i mean i'm not complaining we got rose yeah yeah i mean i I like rose a lot i i like that little video of kelly mutran like in a coffee shop or whatever and she's like listening to other people talk about rose and like freaking out oh i haven't seen it (laughs) um what did you think of holdo admiral vice admiral amy lynn holdo i liked her um this has definitely been a year for laura dern she's made a big comeback she's had like three pretty interesting properties very very different in some regards what else was she in so she was in big little lies okay um she's in twin peaks i didn't watch it so like it's like you know it's kind of a laura dernissance um i think she's she's great in this she doesn't look like a military leader which doesn't stop her from being an excellent military leader because it's not all about uniforms and shit um she's a leader i i enjoyed her quite a bit uh, yeah i i love toldo i thought she was great i wish we had her in episode nine um obviously she had a, a grand exit but mm. yeah i was i was like all in on her character it was maybe reading that book helped the Leia princess of alderaan even though this is like obviously a much older more mature version of holdo but um i never suspected her of being evil even though i think the movie maybe wanted you to suspect that um well i i feel like whether she was evil or not the movie and laura dern's abilities had me on her side from the mm-hmm. first moment she shows up just like oh oh thank you for sharing that with me commander oh is it captain i didn't know that i'm only the leader of the fleet now so yeah well so, i think it really it, when they kind of drop any pretense that she's a traitor when she like meets up with leia and she's like oh i like that guy's a troublemaker you know yeah. like that's just a really great scene between leia and, and holdo there mm-hmm. well she's already dropping like the leia wisdom on you poe like you should have paid attention that well he it was like she had almost kind of brought him back down yeah but then he like looked and saw that the transports were fueling and like flew into her age like she, people are like oh she should have told him the plan she never had an opportunity to Right. He, was, he was being a fucking douchebag. Like, yeah, he's he's. Uh, like, it's not her job to be like, oh, whoa, settle down, little buddy. Let me tell you how it's all. There, work there are out. some some petulant man babies in New Star Wars, but I think it's you know that's growth for Poe's character as well. You know, it's well, I think by that's, the end, that's why it's okay for your characters to have some flaws there. Like otherwise, like it's just not as interesting. You know, I if think Poe's just the hero the entire time. After the the dreadnought thing, after Leia slaps him. She lays out the thesis for the growth that she wants him to do, and he has a couple more slaps in the face, and by the end, he's gotten it. I think, I would think that this would change slightly her being gone, like the leadership role they should have Poe do, and I think that's probably a good thing from this movie. Like, it's set up like he should really be a military leader in the the resistance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, not just thinking about... One of the many, many generals and admirals and <laughs> whatever you ranks they hand out. I just... The movie just feels like... I remember we were talking about this years ago, before Force Awakens, before they had a director. Like, what the fuck do you do with new Star Wars? And it's like, you have to, you have to not only honor the past, you have to set up a, a wide variety of movies that can grow and change. I feel like this movie does it. It really sets up like a whole universe of Star Wars movies. I don't know what the hell Ryan Johnson's trilogy is going to be. I don't think it's going to be anything people expect. That's no, what I, think. I, I, I saw something where people were like, it's going to be about these kids on Canto Bite. I don't think so. Mm, yeah. I don't care. I, it's going to be fascinating. Like, and there's, there's so much room for it. But I think, I hope people by now have realized that like, it's not just like, oh, raise the new Luke and 
John Boyega Finn is the new Leia or Han. Like there, there is there just is no direct parallel. Yeah, like the character of Poe, he's not Han Solo. He's also not Leia. Like he's his own thing, and like people kind of need to like exist in that reality and not just try to be constantly drawing comparisons back to the original trilogy. I mean, this whole movie was basically just like, how can I fuck with your expectations in a million different ways? Mm. You know, like, it, I mean, it's a classic writing move. Like, what's the unexpected thing we can do with this conflict that's been set up? We're going to go that way. Yeah. And I think in very different ways, both J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson have gotten that. Mm-hmm. Finn versus Phasma. Did you want more Phasma? Did you want less Phasma? Well, let's did get, you want let's Phasma's get My girl Phasma is not dead. All right. I was going to ask you about that. If I have to spend 30 goddamn years hearing about how Boba Fett crawled out of Tatooine's sandy asshole. I want Phasma back in the next movie only to like die in an even more hilarious. So on, on, on Doctor Who, they have the character called the master who just shows up after dying gruesomely each time before. And if they ever condescend to talk about how did you come back? It's always just I survived. And that's I want Phasma just to show up and be like, I survived. Did you notice there was kind of a maybe subtle, maybe not subtle transformation from talking about the resistance to talking about rebels during this movie? Oh, yeah, they really try to own the rebel thing. By the well, end of the, they're I, talking about the resistance at the beginning of the movie. By the end of the movie, they just keep talking about the rebels and the rebellion. Which I think is an easier it's funny considering the times politically we live yeah. in now. But like I think that's an easier, more potent, crucial, like it gets to the heart of things that people understand. They get rebelling it's harder to understand the nuance of resistance Mm -hmm. but and i kind of wonder like is that a thing from force awakens like people are so confused about the resistance and the rebellion fuck it it's all the same rebel scum Mm -hmm. well it's like we're we're going fully old school we're just a rebellion now yeah because there's like 15 of us left there is no government there is no republic so they would be the rebellion now Mm -hmm. right it's it's essentially back where you were Especially at the first orders, they were t- able to militarily take over many systems. Now, who knows how many like ships they have left at this point? The first right, but, order, but but politically, aren't you essentially in some form back where you were in the original trilogy? If the first order keeps taking over old, old, old republic Somewhat, systems, yeah. Oh, and it, it, I think they're trying to communicate the idea that rebellion is sort of timeless. Mm-hmm. Like there, there will always be this fighting force of the downtrodden. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, Finn versus Phasma it was a great fight. I I feel like they they figured it out in these new Star Wars movies. Like you don't need your fight to last like twenty minutes. You know, like mm-hmm. it, like the Phasma Finn fight might last thirty seconds, but it's 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 what you need. It looked cool. Phasma, especially on the big screen, she fucking towers over Finn. Like it's it's almost like I almost wish they could have taken her helmet off while she was fighting just to see like. Yes, that is actually like this like huge human being, you know, like that actually is that much taller. Even better, just that eyeball. Yeah. Just that hint that there's a person in there, which is more than you've ever got with like Boba Fett, really. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh his kind of like Louisville slugger moment there where he whacks her in the face. Um, As he rises great, up in a DeLorean. Pose. Yeah. Yeah. Um I like that the first order, like there's a serious Jedi envy. There's like a lightsaber envy to them. We got to have like laser axes and laser batons and like laser 
Asian war I dig weapons. it, though, because I think it's always more interesting if you can fight in some sort of hand-to-hand or melee as opposed to just firing at each other, you know? Well, it's just, it was so comical to me. It's just like, yes, all like 8,000 of us military units are just going to sit here and watch you pad this dude on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do shit around here. Yeah, firing squad is too good for you, too. <laughs> We're going to make this more dramatic. What do you think about BB Hate? BB Hate? BB9E. Um, I liked it. I, I, so there were rumors that like BB8 and BB8 were gonna like have some sort of like face off or fight or whatnot. Mm. I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Um, BB8 survived, right? Sure. Yeah. I think maybe one of the deleted scenes is like BB8 like going into a skate pod and like getting away with Phasma, like laughing maniacally with Phasma. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get them next time. No, here's how you do it. As Phasma's flying away, you have BB Hate saying something, and she's just like, uh, evil beeps, BB Hate. That's right, evil beeps. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm really curious about the deleted scenes and like what what were they cutting? Was it like Finn Rose stuff? Was it Kylo yeah. Ray stuff? Was it like resistance stuff? There there was one thing that kind of stood out to me. There's a scene where it's raining and Ray's standing under the cockpit of the Falcon and she kind of has this dumb smile on her face because it's like it's rain. Yeah. You know, she lived in a desert. But there was a scene before that where it's also raining. And I wonder if like was that out of order? Mm. Was her admiring the rain supposed to come first, but then they recut it a little bit? Because yeah. it's like when Luke has the fish over his shoulder, it's like it's raining in that scene. Yeah. And, yeah. and Ray's obviously not enjoying it then. <laughs> I mean, you could hand wave and just say like she wasn't really enjoying the rain when it was blowing in her face like, walking up a hill you know they're like fucking skellig michael <laughs> yeah i mean you could just argue that you know you hate the elements and you're in them and then it's like after an hour or so you start to like appreciate i'm alive and it's raining and whatever well, i think part of ray's charm is her kind of open-hearted fascination with the world yeah, in the worlds that she goes to, you, you get know? that a little bit when they go to Masconata's planet, right? Where yeah, she's like in the forest, so green in the world. Yeah, yeah. it's like fifteen minutes of, of like Blu-ray deleted scenes, I believe. I heard. I think they said like twenty. Is it twenty? I, I, the more the better to me. Yeah. Like I, I feel like there's probably a bunch of good stuff that we didn't get. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's a. I think Ryan Johnson like tweeted about doing the commentary recently. I really fucking hope that's on the full, first Blu-ray because I still haven't heard the JJ one. I've I've read the highlights and whatnot, which isn't exactly the same thing. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to have to wait for like the uh, the 3D version or whatever to get it. Right. Um. <laughs> I want I want two. I want the first JJ Abrams commentary, and then I want one where he's just been hired back for episode nine. <laughs> it would be interesting to get JJ in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Maybe he wouldn't be able to say anything because you know. He's no, no, to... I just mean for Force Awakens. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, having the two of them like talk would be very interesting. I mean, after the trilogy's over, if you could have them both do commentaries for the whole thing, that would be fascinating. Well, that's yeah. why I haven't really delved into all of the supplemental material, like on the Lost DVDs. I know it's not there, but like the fucking like all the fucking FaceTime of Carlton Hughes and Damon Lindelof. You know the one where they get like fucking real about the writing process of such a complicated story. I would, I would love. I mean, they can't do it because they can't say anything right now. But like, if if after Episode Nine comes out and that's kind of like okay, that kind of put a bow on this mm-hmm. era of Star Wars. Let's let's just hear everything. Like, sit those guys both down to the microphone and like tell us tell us the real shit. You know, 
and not necessarily like throwing this person or that person under the bus, but like, oh yeah, we had this idea. Yeah, that totally didn't work out, you know. And it, it, they talk a little bit about it, but you know, there's more. So with the whole stupid office reboot thing, oh, how much longer before they start talking about Lost? I'm surprised they haven't already. I, mean, I think the fact that Lindelof is doing some Watchmen TV show, which is supposed to start filming, if he didn't have that, I feel like they would already. I don't. If I were Lindelof, I would not want to go do Lost again. I would just say, send me the check. Somebody else do it. Don't tell me about it. You know, like. Oh, his, his quote in that Shoner's documentary is fascinating when he talks about the phone call he gets. Like, do you want to meet with JJ? It's on a Friday. Do you want to meet with JJ Abrams on a Monday? And he talks about all the amazing things that he knew that would curtail around his life. And all the terrible things that came with it. And if he could go back in time and do it all over again, he would not. Interesting. I mean, that is such a brutally, blazingly honest <laughs> thing to say. I'm really glad that Huck survived. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, they had to know we have something so special with this little psychopath. Yeah. This little crazy fucking ginger. Just the bit where uh, after the dreadnought blows up, and it's like, oh, we got Snoke on line one for you. And he's just like, excellent. I'll take it in my private quarters. And, and when it comes on, and he's just like, good. Uh, <laughs> Do you think you got him? Well, it's so weird of Snoke because he's fucking pissed off. He's like tossing this guy around like a rag doll in front of the troops. And then I presume just the fuck of Kylo Ren. When that one meeting is ending, he's just like, ha, 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 well, it's he, on a string. Very well done. He explained the plan to Snoke, I guess. Which is hyperspace tracking. Yeah. <laughs> what, so this is the stupid... This is the, I blame this all on Pablo Hidalgo. Don't fucking tweet me about Rogue One and throwaway lines about hyperspace tracking. If they had don't, that 30 years don't ago... Don't you understand that, that that makes Rogue One a good movie now? Nope. Because there nope. was an Easter nope. egg about hyperspace nope. tracking. Nope. It. That is something they threw in. All the bad in. characters in that, that movie? That is something they threw in in all the reshoots when yeah. they already knew well in advance what Ryan Johnson was doing. No, man. All the bad character work in that movie and like the meandering plot, it's all good now. The, because they put that in there. total core, utter unnecessariness of that movie. But like, if they had that 30 years ago, that is such an easier tech than like the, the 40-year-long like, Death Star project. The less you think about how much hyperspace tracking makes sense the better yeah i just think that snoke is the kind of guy who's like i want all of my meetings to overlap and no matter how much i make you eat dog shit in one meeting when you walk out i'm gonna praise you in front of the other guy <laughs> just to fuck with you that's my management well, style he, snoke flat out has a line where he's like you wonder why i keep a rabid cur like that you know they can oh, that's if, if they're properly manipulated they're I, useful and kylo's just like Oh wait, is it, does he say the same thing about me? I, but you I know? feel like I'm reading like Maggie Haberman stuff about the Trump White House. You know what I mean? I just need to see like Omarosa being dragged out of Snoke's office. <laughs> but I think that was where Kylo, like the the first moment, and Snoke may have done that on purpose so Kylo would think that way. It'd be like, if you're manipulating him, then are you? Are, do you think of me the same way? Am I just another rabid cur? Have you always been pitting us against each yeah. other? Yeah. Even though he is a little bitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's see. What else do I have going on here? Touring guard fight. Basically, their sex scene. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a really unique fight scene. And I, I think it's it's so much more interesting than like 20 minutes of acrobatics. You know, it's like because there's just real conflict that's happening there. There's like just a brief moment of slow-mo. 
mm-hmm. as we ease into it. It's kind of like back to back. Yeah. When they do that ass thing in some like 90s sex scenes where like when like the girl moans, they'll do the brief like slow mo. They're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like the 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 beast with like six weaponed backs. <laughs> but I think just the little things where you see they're kind of keeping an eye on each other during the fight you know like he looks over and sees that she gets her arm cut and whatnot and um the moment where he has like three dudes after him you know and he's kind of like trying to draw them all in i want just copious stuff from that scene put into a super cut with garbages you look so fine (laughs) that's that's my jam that i want with that that's interesting that that needs to be the raylo jam okay um i don't know what to say that interesting but yeah, like so much better if there is like emotional weight to the fighting, mm-hmm. you know, like and it just made me think about like the Anakin Obi-Wan fight and how like, what if there'd been a little more dialogue in that fight scene, you know, like, like they talk a little Anakin, bit at the end, my heart. you know, yeah. I had the high ground, you know, I failed you, Anakin, like, what if they were having a conversation through the whole fight? Wouldn't that be maybe a little bit more compelling than just a bunch of acrobatics? There's emotional content wise i would almost argue in retrospect years later doesn't the um the 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 brawl and they live almost have more emotional content because it it evolves the two guys talk and they like well you're they make a moment see, and they, they fight and they misunderstand each other and it, it feeds back into you're looking itself. to see who will break in that moment yeah yeah and you don't have that in the extended i mean i think the 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 duel of the fates there um which the, one in Phantom Menace? Phan- no, and uh, I'm just joking. Oh, the battle, of the, the battle champions, yeah. yeah, or whatever. Like, is very cool. It's it's, a, it's fun to watch, but it lacks but it is the, lacking, yeah, that higher level of engagement, yeah. Um, Luke versus Kylo. I mean, it's barely even a fight, but it might be like at least my third favorite lightsaber fight in the entire trilogy, or, or not, you know, saga or whatever. Like the samurai poses that they're doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, so cool. I mean, I would love to have a real crazy lightsaber fight in the next movie, mm-hmm. but these movies have been very good about like they have to mean something. We don't need like a 40 minute fight to be no. like, oh my God, it's the ultimate fight, you know? And the fights between Luke and Darth Vader were really never that long. No. That's partly what made them so good. I mean, theoretically, like the, the old samurai fights, those were pretty quick fights. Somebody wins and somebody loses, you know? couple strokes and it's done well that's the whole point of like samurai fighting is yeah you're not supposed to have a draw fight but i mean like you know the um throne room fight return of the jedi it's all score too mm-hmm. love the uh see around kid at the end there because <laughs> he kind of nods and yeah 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 how did you feel about the, the oh just force- imagine imagine though real quick on that if force ghost luke isn't just appearing to ray but he actually is like haunting Kylo Ren in the next movie. Kylo Ren's just like, look, Luke, I know we've had our differences, but I have a uh, a force time scheduled with Ray in 10 minutes. So if you could get the fuck out of here, like you're, you're going to salt my game. I really hate that you only show up when I'm going number two. Mm-hmm. Can I just drop the deuce without you apologizing to me? Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> Did you come to say you're sorry? Or no, what does he say? Did you come to ask for forgiveness? I think is what he says, or something like that. Yeah, 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 like, something like that. No. Well, he's really throwing the usual redemptive arc of yeah. Star Wars in his face. Well, I did love the uh, 
I love it's just like no. Luke's line there is just like I failed you, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of like in your fucking face to this. Yeah. Well, and just like just the bald truth of it, you know, like, yeah, I failed you. I'm sorry, you know. Well, and you've done things. Mm-hmm. And now we can't go back. I can't forgive you. We can't get to do over. And also, Leia, I'm sorry. I'm not here to save him. And she's like, Yeah. Yeah. So what I was gonna Fuck ask earlier, um, the the force powers in this. I thought they're all fine. I the intrigue of like somehow like the moisture from Ray, you know, ends up on Kylo's hand and whatnot, or like the dice and whatnot. Like I like that it's nicely mysterious. Like somehow they can actually touch each other through a force bond. I think that's what these movies have brought back to the series, though, is the mystery. Well, it's like, please don't explain that. It's the it's the force, you yeah. know. Like that's that's all we need to know. Well, ruining that. I feel like it's probably in Pablo Hidalgo's like job description. Probably. Yeah. But that was the thing. I think halfway through the prequels, you essentially knew how Jedi powers worked. Midichlorians, yeah. What, or whatever. But like, I kind of am glad that we don't fully get the Force. I really like the scene with Rey sitting on the rock as Luke teaches. Or Luke, by the way, who like, if he takes one step back, he's doing like oh, a yeah. 500 foot header into yeah. the water not concerned at all i guess he has the force um but yeah we're first just i mean great comedy with him you know she she literally reaches out i can feel it god daisy's great um but just her description where she kind of arrives at the idea of the force on her own just by feeling you know the the energy field balance the force Um, that was a great scene well and she surpasses him because she doesn't need to hold back from the dark side like he might um because she knows it i mean she has a a curiosity about it but not you don't get the feeling like she's really been seduced necessarily by it i mean as as yeah seriously but as as boring as his life was he did have an aunt and uncle who loved him mm-hmm. and tried to give him you know well, i think there's a, an essential good-heartedness about ray that might even go deeper than luke yeah you know where it's like it's just I don't sense that she's the type that would ever fall to the dark side. That's just, you know, who she yeah. is as a person. She was, I mean, she was somebody who wouldn't sell BB eight for like a year's worth of food. Yeah. Well, and, and life was beyond shitty to her and beat her raw, mm-hmm. her entire upbringing. And she still is this good person who's not only a good person, but like is so delightfully curious about the world and can find happy. Like one of my favorite little moments in retrospect of force awakens is when they're in the one chase and there's her and Han in the cockpit of the Falcon and she's like, does something and she's like, mm-hmm. I bypassed the whatever. And he's like, huh? You know, yeah. and it's like, you're all about to die. Well, I mean, I suppose like her, her weaknesses, if you could call it that, like, I think she probably even still, even after they're kind of like forced breakup there at the end, she wants to see the good in Ben solo. You know, um, that is maybe a pressure point in episode nine. How many exes have you had? Whereas terrible as they are, it's like you're like I just I don't want to see you as a bad person because we shared time. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I feel like uh, Ben Solo will make that real hard. Oh no, I'm going to be a douchebag in your memories. That is happening. Took the glove off. Took the glove off to touch hands. Smell, smell the glove. Mm-hmm. Leak busting in on them. Every inch of you my quarters. You can't do this here. Every inch of my quarters is like sticky. <laughs> But like, again, she couldn't be related to him because of all the whatever. 
You know, like if you're going to start teasing the Raylo thing, I don't think they're ever oh, going to go. We're talking about Star Wars, my friend. They're not going to go. They could still be related. Go right back to the incest <laughs> thing. I think you had this. This is the year of incest. I think you had the pseudo incest thing only because, despite what he says, George Lucas didn't know. Is it the year of incest? It's like a Blossom thing? A Cheryl Blossom, Blossom thing? Oh, um, no, I was referencing like Game of Thrones, but yeah. True, true. Incest is hot. So did Ray take the books? Did Yoda take take the books? Did Luke take the books? Like, how did the books get in the Falcon? What do you think? I I I think it's hilarious that like that's you know, a la Ray's parents. That's like a big mystery for JJ to tackle. It's like Ryan Ryan Johnson's like I've given you like who stole the library books <laughs> task to deal with. I think it's most likely Ray because Luke seemed to think the books were still in there. I loved his his Mark Hamill's line reading. He's like the, the Jedi texts, page turners. They were not. Yeah, yeah. Have you read them? And he's like, ah, I skimmed them. You know, that was very it's much on like my bucket list. Very much like the professor. Did you do the reading? Yeah, yeah more or less. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got to be Ray. I would think. I mean, I suppose Yoda could have magically done it with the Force. It's but. a cool touch, but at the same time, like Yoda says, there's nothing in those books that she doesn't already have. I love that or, line. Be- or have because she literally has them. I love that line because it feels like such a middle finger to the uh that like the the people who don't like Ray, you know. It's mm. like it's like, no, the goodness is already inside of her. There's nothing she needs that she doesn't already possess. Um, but yeah, most likely Ray took them when she she took off. She's like, I'm out of here, Chewie. I stole all the books. Let's get the fuck out of here. Did you just steal my Jedi books? I stole them two days ago. Yeah. You just now notice they're gone. <laughs> the like escape pod that she gets in. There's the the way she like uh, lands and then like is looking up at Kylo Ren. That's very. Uh, I think it's seen it references like a, a Snow White and the Prince type of moment. You know. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. It's kind of similar to where Finn starts off. Only his uh, his Prince is Poe Dameron. Mm-hmm. Just some, just for the lulls, I want to just like mention a few things that totally didn't happen. Um, all the Snoke theories, mm. just LOL. Uh, Ray being a solo or a Skywalker, or a Kenobi, or a Kenobi. Yeah, Gray Jedi, the Bendu. They're gonna they're gonna abandon the Jedi and the Sith and and start the Bendu Order. Yeah, that didn't happen. Um, a lot of big deal about Lucas Luke's compass. Uh, and he had like a pendant necklace and like Snoke's ring and what that all meant. It, it doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of love how because the the only kind of you know leaks that people got were like from like merchandising materials. They really thought all this like ancillary like bullshit stuff meant something, and it didn't. Um, I just love that. Let's see what else we got. Um, there are people still out there who think that Ray is a solo. I mean. They're purely insane, right? Even after seeing the movie? Even after seeing the movie, they're like, I still think she's a solo. I, they're like, Kylo Ren was lying. I, I don't... That's not the vibe that I'm getting from the movie. That's not the vibe at all. I, I don't think Kylo Ren really lies. I no. think I think he's the kind of person who tells the truth as he sees it. Yeah, like, yeah. It, when we get his perspective of Luke attacking him, which, by, by the way, I love the way that Luke looks like demonic in like Kylo Ren's 
kind of imagining of him, the way his eyes are all bugged out. But also and, just the uh, the hands. And he just the looks first so one. crazy and creepy. Yeah, like that's that's Ben's perspective on that. But I don't that that's that's how it felt to him. I don't think he's lying or trying to trick Ray. I think Kylo Ren is the type of person who will absolutely tell you the truth because he feels that confident. I don't think he's lying to Ray. I think he thought that information would make Ray come to his side because he's like, I care about you even though nobody else does. And it, it didn't because uh, he read the long, wrong pickup artist book. <laughs> I just, I like, I like, it's so simple. It's so easy of all the flashbacks you could have done. I love that you had the very easy Rashomon with the, the three scenes in the, his mm-hmm. bedroom at night, which metaphor. Um, but like the Luke's failing is that for a minute there, he, he thought about killing this kid and then for just, he, for just a second, for just a yeah. second. But then, you know, from Ben's perspective, from a certain point of view, he wakes up and there's Mark Hamill standing over him with like a big green, you know, penis. And it's just like, you turned on me. Um, oh, and that is, and there's, there's, there's no, you can't walk back everything he's done. It's just, it's a shame. Well, and there's that feeling of causality, like when when Ray's asking Luke, "Did you create Kylo Ren? Like, would this have happened? You know, what it was there another way this could have gone that that he wouldn't have turned? You know, or was this inevitable? Yeah. Also, just that like I don't know, stick fight or whatever was great. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty good. Well, he just mm-hmm. grabs an antenna, but like, I guess that's there's a question I have there. Amongst the many Snoke questions, it's probably the one I'd, I'd want to have answered the most if I had to have any is Luke implies implies that Snoke's already been well in contact of, with Ben by, by Jedi Academy time. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about that. Well, I know this is, you know, going outside the movies, but I know in those aftermath books, it's implied that like from when he was like in the womb still or, or whatever, like like Snoke was already like reaching out to ben solo's hmm. mind to like slowly try to corrupt it hmm. What's he called? i mean what form that may have actually taken as, as ben was growing up I, I don't know but i mean we could see more of that we could not you know child of darkness uh son of darkness yeah son of darkness i mean what a what a great title that is did you know uh they call me the son of darkness seriously it's on my tinder profile um also uh potentially be the new vader <laughs> just love that he's just like yeah i could be the new vader you know that could happen. I made a friend on Skype. Episode nine. Kylo Ren doing his best to get back and raise good graces. I'm a. I'm actually a male feminist now. <laughs> I want to talk about the patriarchy and how it sucks. Is he just gonna be like standing on top of like a space station, just holding a boombox, holding a space boombox? Yeah. <laughs> it's like the cantina version of in your eyes. Boop, boop, I mean the boop, boop, boop. the look that she gives him at the end that is very much like a like we are broken up you know I'm sorry your your pleading looks at me have no power you know I'm closing the store on you and thus the 500 days of summer begins mm-hmm. for Kylo Ren <laughs> I I know I I can't say I've ever actually read or at least I don't if I read it in school I don't remember it but apparently the plot line of Pride and Prejudice is very similar to what you get between Ray and Kylo in this. Mm. I know the Scavengers Horde podcast was talking about that. My understanding is Jane Austen was a master of uh, game theory mm. and like the in, the in the force in the force, but also mm. like there's a there's definitely like a la like Twilight too because I've I've heard Twilight being called pseudo Jane Austen ish. There's like a transactional love about. Mm 
what material goods will buy your love? How can I manipulate circumstances to manipulate emotions? But also, again, how much can I change you and bring you to me without bringing me to you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't. It's, it's interesting. Is it part of the picture one of Mr. Darcy? I think so. I, I, I'm pretty sure there's. I always get her confused with Jane Eyre because um, it's like Jane Austen, Jane Eyre, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a Rochester in one of those books. That's what that's Heights. Jane Eyre. Mr. Rochester. I could be wrong. Which is sad is that like I probably read both these books in school and I just do not remember it at all. Mr. Rochester. Jane Eyre's the one on the Moors, right? Charlotte Bronte. Oh yeah, that's Jane Eyre, yeah. Heathcliff is Wuthering Heights. The Sorry. Wide Sargasso Sea. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. The Wide Sargasso Sea is like the book I always recommend to other people uh, when I want to sound intellectual, even though I haven't read it myself. Really? Mm-hmm. You don't say uh, like Tender is the Night? I don't even know what that is. You don't bring up Tender of the Night and then I Google it in coffee shops <laughs> while talking to. Uh, I think you're a bit of a fabulist. Um, what's next on your, your agenda? The kid at the end in Canto Bite. Like, are we going to see him like five years later? Is that just like kind of like a. I don't think you need to see him, but I think. Just a suggestion that there's more that, Force users that in the world. That scene is fucking star wars to me it's it's not about the wars of the bounce of stars it's about the marginalized looking up to space and like knowing that there's something inside them that's always been there and now it's awakened so what's episode nine about i have no idea and i i love this movie because of that it could really go anywhere it seriously it could go anywhere and i like i said I, I don't think this is some sort of like passive aggressive war between jj abrams and ryan johnson i feel no. like they're both setting like jj sets the table ryan swerves as many different ways as he can to make it interesting and now it's like okay let me have fun like, wrapping it up if i directed force awakens and then you directed you know last jedi i would really hope that you would up the ante you know what i mean i don't want like you to create a situation where i come into episode nine and just phone it in yeah yeah like you should make the other person better by making them work harder. I could, I definitely see a time jump of at least a year. I would guess, yeah, uh, maybe longer. I mean, because the, Re- the rebellion's like twelve people right now, or something, <laughs> <laughs> including Lieutenant Kate Conix. I really hope she's in episode nine. Yeah, she's great. I mean, the very, I mean, she has. I there's, just, there's kind feels, of a, a cheesy, like as you know, Bob. Like sequence at the very beginning of them where they have to explain like, okay, here's what's going on on this planet as we're about to all take There's off. There's no time yet. Yeah. But it, it feels, I don't know, like, like spiritually correct to have yeah. Billy Lord in these movies. Also, has anyone seen that picture from the premiere where she has the dark hair and the buns and mm-hmm. she looks just like her mom? She's got the lay at the end of episode four, yeah. Yeah. Um, Wither the Knights of Ren. I mean, I feel like that's just Chekhov's Knights of Ren at this point. They've, they subtly tease them in this movie they mentioned them in the first movie i mean wasn't there something that we talked about before that might be facetious where we heard that was something we want that ryan johnson wanted jj to like not do too much with because he wanted to play with it i think we were guessing about that i know that jj abrams has said that he thought that the knights of ren would be a good spin-off movie okay like after the force awakens he said that so Maybe there's opportunities there. I mean, for all we know, they're dead already. Yeah. Um, but it is, it, to me, that's the kind of thing that could be interesting to bring back. And it's not just like lore, you know, it's yeah. like they could actually be a character thing. 
you know like if if there are these theoretical knights of ren that are like kylo ren's henchmen is that how he maintains control over the first order now because surely like i mean people don't respect hux that much but i feel like maybe they respect kylo ren less but fear him more yeah yeah i mean ren is bound to make hux look more sane and Mm -hmm. reasonable even if his nazi screaming fantasies i mean i just like the 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 scene in the the ship at the end on on a uh, crate where it's like I can't remember what Kylo Ren says it's something like you know, fire every blaster or something like that. and then like Hux translates that like fascist military scream like fire everything <laughs> and that's the first of the like the glance like seriously bro over the top I just love the the delivery of just like I want every weapon that we have to fire on that man. <laughs> Because you're like, you're wondering like, oh, is this, is he going to go down and face him? He's like, no, like, I want you to fucking blow that guy out of the sky. That's not his first move. Yeah. 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 Um, what about Jessica Pava? Is that um, um, Calling Wing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was really missing Calling Wing. Henwick, I, I believe. Henwick, yeah. Henwick. Okay. Um, and she's a uh, deceased sand snake. Yeah. I, I kind of hope like maybe she was on like another mission. Like they sent her to go do something else at the end I, of the movie because like the rest of their fighter squadron gets blown up in that hangar, which is brutal. The time doesn't work out. I remember there was something about this last season of Game of Thrones where she was so relieved that Game of Thrones changed its schedule for her because she almost couldn't do it because of Star Wars. And I thought it was interesting that she dies like right away in that season, the season seven. Mm, yeah. Um. Maybe maybe it maybe was, it was actually, Iron Fist. Maybe it was actually like yeah. Iron Fist or because, like, yeah, I was really looking forward to seeing her again. Um, and not Porkins Jr. Tubbs. Yeah, Tubbs. that's his name. He'll Cano- be back canonically. Yeah. If JJ's back, he'll be back. Oh, you mean Snap? Snap. No, sorry. I mean there's literally a character named Tubbs in this movie. Is he Porkins Jr.? I don't think he's literally Porkins Jr., but I mean, metaphorically speaking, his okay. name is Tubbs. I thought there was like an actual Porkins Jr. No, I don't believe so. Okay. I think people thought Snap Wexley was literally okay. Porkins Jr. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, where's Snap? Like, I mean, Snap. People have a, t- commented they think he's in the background of like some of the stuff at the beginning. So. Yeah. Um, I, hopefully, Jessica Pablo is on another mission somewhere and she can come back. So, you know, if if, if Poe can't have Ray and he can't have Finn, maybe he can, him and Jessica Pablo can hook up. I mean, maybe the true love story is in him and BB 8. I did really love that uh, not only does he greet BB-8 like a dog, basically, because BB-8, like I think in the comics, it's kind of it's suggested that BB-8 might be like his emotional support droid. Nice. Yeah. Um, Ray kind of like, you know, kneeling down to kind of like say hi to BB-8 and fix his antenna. That was very much like, a, oh, my dog likes you type of moment. Yeah. You know? yeah. My droid likes you. Yeah. They've got a little like you've got mail. Mm hmm. A relationship happening there yeah so let's see sometimes i make notes i'm not sure what i mean by them would the new trilogy work better if the spin-offs were interstitial to the main saga movies which i guess means if you had a spin-off of finn and rose's adventure rather than it being in this movie would that be more or less interesting it's it's hard to say because this is part of last jedi you know yeah. what i mean there's it their adventure it has the time crunch on it they have to get back within so many or i guess more more generally speaking because obviously there's like no time between these two movies if it was more 
if it wasn't if the spinoff movies weren't like oh by the way here's a story that happened 40 years ago that doesn't really have any impact on anything currently if it was like here's a spinoff movie about like finn's commandos like you know a year yeah. after the last jedi but a year before episode nine would that work better i don't know no because there's no at this point there's no like emotional way it's not like half the story is like finn dealing with his guilt from being a stormtrooper so we're going to go do that very interesting story that we've never told before that will somehow impact this and again rogue you, maybe you they just bumped your make head if you thought movies, rogue one yeah. was important in any way maybe they just shouldn't make spin-off also movies. i like the idea of a new trilogy we were talking earlier like did they do a, a crawl for these new ryan johnson trilogy movies like what what's the title situation like there and you said you want you want to crawl for every star wars movie i always want to crawl yeah the the main theme in the crawl like there's no reason not to do it um we were joking that gareth edwards has a cameo we were joking about just the the moviness of it where the guy has to like it's salt everybody you got that it's not snow <laughs> shut up this is an empire i just i love the look of it with the red whatever underneath I love the red crystals. I Visually, love this movie is amazing. The yeah. overhead shot, the colors, the the color palette is so juicy. But when they're walking into the base, and sexual. Yeah, yes, it is. It's very sexual. It is. Oh, it's just dripping a fuck. Um, when they're walking in the overhead shot of Kylo Ren and the stormtroopers, and it's all smeared and a little wet and slushy and juicy and red. Oh, there's yeah. some there's some beautiful juices happening there. Uh, but then like when the Falcon just bursts out from the core. There's like this orgasm of just like chunks. The Falcon bursts out from the core and seemingly Ray's just like fly over there for 10 minutes while I fix this thing yeah. on the Falcon and they we'll really, come back later. They really take her out. It is a little weird that like because she's like tapping her are, like watch like where are they? Are, are either most compelling or second most compelling character in the movie kind of disappears in the, the, the I would say I guess the fourth act of the movie there. After just getting real deep into the heart of this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there. I did notice a few things with this movie, and I don't know if editing would fix this or if it's just the nature of how it's done. But like, I think my one of my buddies when we were walking out of one of the screenings that uh, I saw was like, "Why didn't Holdo just immediately like, uh, you know, light speed ram the other ship?" And it's like, I don't think that much time actually passes between when she sees the first of the transports blown up to when she turns it around. Uh-huh. Like, like at least for her, like it, that's probably all within like a minute. But like there's it keeps cutting to so much other stuff that's happening at the same time that it seems like she sat there and watched for like a half hour before she turned the ship around. Well, also let a person work their way up to the kamikaze. You know what I mean? No, but I, but, but I mean, like, I don't think in her like if you were just to cut her stuff yeah, together, yeah, yeah. it all yeah. happens very quickly for her. It's just that we keep cutting to these other extended sequences at yeah. the same time. And a lot of that happens in the movie. Like there's a part where Poe and BB-8 are running to get back in their fighters when the supremacy first shows up. And then it like cuts to Kylo Ren's like whole Tie Fighter run on the the Radis there, and then it finally cuts back to Poe like three minutes later, and he's still rounding the same corner. You know, um, I don't know what you do to fix that. It, it just it seems like there were a lot of storylines happening at the same time. There's and it's funny because like so on TV you notice this more because you don't know the full time span between Force Awakens and this movie. But like Game of Thrones, they've been very good about like okay, we don't know how much time has passed realistically it should have not been that much but we have to kind of not pin it down too much because the actors are growing older especially Mm -hmm. the kids but then you have like the the dragon flight 
from wherever Daenerys is to yeah. like be on the wall, and it's like, oh, that makes no sense. You got there in two hours. Yeah, somebody, or, somebody did the math on that. Or and I'll check Varys out. Yeah. and wherever he is until he gets on the boat he's, at the end of season six. He's got a cigarette boat. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I I wanted to talk a little bit about our hopes for episode nine, but first I just had this list of like the little things that I loved about this movie. Uh, feel free to chime in if you have any of your own. Sure, sure. Um, Kylo Ren, the way he slides on the deck during yeah. the first bond, force bond, where you like it's i mean that had to be intentional yeah i'm sure they discussed yes i want you to slide out like you're on your socks or something like that like this is a risky dun, business dun, dun, dun. like the yeah. risky business yeah yeah it's i don't know i love it it's perfect like oh, i like the uh, i love the decision to do that in particular of in all a, the ways you could come out of that room. in a similar kinetic fashion when they've abandoned the rickety old run on crate and uh, poe does the slide into the trench oh yeah like he's sliding across a charger well it's like he seemingly just like leaped out of his like yeah. disintegrating uh skimmer or whatever yeah just like I a total love, badass i love just the foot going through the thing like it's a fucking flintstones car <laughs> i kept looking like like i'm not sure if they ever actually fired a weapon on any of those things so there's like what are they gonna do when they get close to this battering ram cannon? i think the closest you get is you see finn's like lasers melt they melt <laughs> yeah i mean so do you think like did rose just like screw them by like stopping him from his kamikaze attack, I don't think it would have worked. No, Even, yeah. Well, see, is he? I mean, it's it's a suicide run, right? But I don't think it was gonna like succeed in in disabling that weapon. Well, so and I think I think Poe figured out that like even if it did, it's not worth the cost. So the weapon is blasting forward. Mm-hmm. He's flying underneath it. He's not directly in the flow of well, the start, fire. He starts to get up into it. He though. starts to get up to it, but even before that, his laser melts. So yeah, I think he would have basically melted most of his mass. Before I don't think he it would have been enough to like make it explode. Yeah. And even if it did, I'm not sure like what that really accomplishes. Yeah, um, I know some people are like, "Well, how did Rose catch up to him?" It's like, yeah, he, he slowed down when he got in the beam. Shut up, you know. Uh, love um, finds a way. Yeah, but I mean, she she delivers. This should be your fucking philosophical message for life, guys. Like. Stop focusing on the things Don't you, fight hate. What you hate. Yeah. yeah. Save what you love. Save what you love. Um, so another detail. When Ray is fighting Luke with the, like the stick fight, which is interesting. He kind of wins the first part of that. And then she calls the lights over to her mm-hmm. and like kind of shoves him down. This is not a time for him to be cutesy with her. The force is used to prevent him from just hitting the ground. Who is doing that? I thought it is, was. Is it well, Ray or Luke? He seems surprised by it. So he seems I, to kind of look down like, oh, weird. So I kind of wondered, was it something he's like, oh, shit, I'm back with the force. I've let down my barriers. Or is he just like, God damn, she's powerful. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I mean, I, I feel like he could go either way on that. It's either Luke is like, wow, I didn't realize I was back using the force again. Or, or oh, wow, like without even thinking about it, as she's mad and she's fighting me, she still used the force to make sure I don't slam my head on this uh step here but i mean yeah it's it's you know take it back to buffy she's she's getting the full lies my parents told me giles treatment from him Mm -hmm. and he she's making him better you know in return because he's no longer the crotchy old guy sucking off monsters full of milk green titties yeah uh green milk titties yeah can i just say uh, i've seen your daily routine you're not busy I love that line. I love her delivery of that line. <laughs> this movie is funny. Like there is great. Yeah. There's some jokes that are just not what you expect and they're fantastic. 
I wish that I don't know how you would do it in the dialogue, but I I kind of wish when Jakku was brought up that there was some some way that Luke could have acknowledged like I am also from nowhere. I'm from Tatooine. Yeah. You know? Well, that was why I was thinking. The sad thing is you don't get the you never got the Harrison Ford Mark Hamill scene. But that bad, huh? That scene. Well, just in general, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that. Mm-hmm. But my 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 favorite interaction between them is in Return of the Jedi with the. Uh, you know, I was born here. You're you know, you're going to die here. <laughs> you're not going to have that again. But if they could have done a, that bad, mm-hmm. oh, that would have been juicy. But the problem is, you're outgrowing them. Yeah. They are what you grow beyond, mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, the sound that Kylo Ren's lightsaber makes cutting through the Praetorian Guard armor, it got uh, the sound design in that fight with the Praetorian Guard is fucking awesome. Yeah. It just sounded so. It's like a live wire, you know, and just the way like when Kylo Ren's getting backed down by like three different of those guys at once um, and the way he's actually actually using his cross guard and whatnot, like that whole scene is so awesome. I was really looking forward to that, not knowing remotely how that was going to go. Um, but I remember during that like pseudo trailer that did where they had like some new footage, but they also had like a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. Mm-hmm. I really love see them training. Yeah, I didn't see so much. Of this. I didn't remember the stuff of him. But I remember there's a sequence where like Daisy Ridley's like fighting three stuntmen in a practice thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's got to be the Praetorian Guard. Yeah, who else part- would it be? Yeah. yeah. Um, at the end in the, the shot that, in my opinion, should have been the final shot in the movie where you kind of see them all spread out in the Falcon. It's like like Connix is on one side and R2 is on the other and like Nine Numbs like talking, talking to Finn and all that. Like, Nine like, I'm still alive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Poe's talking to... I don't know who that is. It's not Eloasi because he's dead, but another one of those dudes. I can't remember their alien name. Um, but there's a porg standing on top of R2. I just I love that they threw that in there. It was like they really got everyone that was left in that shot. They got the porg, they got Chewie, they got Leia, they got Ray, Ben and Poe, Connix on one side, uh, a few aliens in there. It was like they got everything. How do you feel about the original droids and their their time in these this new trilogy? Let's save that till we get to our hopes for episode nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, when the Falcon shows up, first of all, Ray is like, like an assassin with the quad gun. Like mm. she, she takes out three Tie Fighters in one shot when the, yes. when the Falcon shows up, and she's enjoying herself. <laughs> she's having a ton of fun. She's like, oh, this is what it gets to be like in the, in the ever, quad gun. Have you ever played video games with somebody who's like never played before, but they're amazing? Yeah. <laughs> and then, um. When they go into the case, it starts playing the uh, a, a bit of score from the Tie Fighter attack in mm-hmm. A New Hope, um, which was just like and, uh, like that combined with the porg splatting against the window. It was just like, oh shit, I'm in, I'm all in. You know, like this is like pure Star Wars heroin right now. But like I was saying, I really like the he John Williams goes back to a little bit of the Jedi Steps music at the very end with the Canto Bright Bite Kids. I really enjoyed that. I, we were talking in the car on the way back to do this. Like, God, I hope John Williams survives for two more no. years. I need it. But yeah, that that I don't want the Michael Giacchino episode nine score. No offense to Michael Giacchino, but that bit of score from the Tie Fighter attack uh, as the Falcons going through the caves was just perfect. Like it was just so thrilling. Uh, I think we already talked about how Luke gets that fish out of the ocean. Yeah, I like that Ray was wrapped in a blanket when she's a uh, force touching Kylo there. Yeah, or just all the tropes were at play. Well, do you know why though? Because she was cold and she was wet. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> hey, 
really? you're getting in a sloppy seaweed <laughs> evil vagina. Of course, you're going to get a little wet. If you're not, what what are we even doing here? Wasting each other's time. Yeah. I think we mentioned Ray smiling at the rain. R2 playing that original message from Leia. That's just that's fantastic. Gut punch. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, cheap move. <laughs> and the whole audience is like, exactly. That was cheap. Yeah. But I mean, that and Yoda, like, they, there's some touches that I just didn't expect and I loved it. Mm-hmm. All of Cobalt Squadron just dying in the hangar before they could even take off. That was brutal. I was like, Tally, my girl. Oh, I hope that's never mind. Kapava. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that was Tally. Um, she was like the leader. That's is Tally the one that we got the most out, out of. Um, she's the one talking about like the bombers doing their run. She's blue leader. Yeah. Oh yeah, she was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and like her and her like buddy, they're kind of like kind of knocking on their window at each other, and then just like boom. Yeah. That sucks. Well, it's interesting to take like this hot headed flyboy like Poe Dameron and ground him, and watch him go nuts. How does uh how does Kylo like does he just bust a U-turn there? Or is there is there another exit he can take? Dude, seriously, how does he get back out of that hangar <laughs> after he fires those two torpedoes? I was I was all all the nerd complaints happening about this movie. I've not seen anyone bring bring that up, you know. I really Maybe there's wanted, like a, another exit. He I can wanted take. to whip out my phone and make a note about that. We were mm-hmm. watching the movie tonight because I didn't think about it to, to this viewing. But he's up in there. Yeah. Maybe just he just flips a bitch right there. Yeah. Well, like also he does a whole twirl and i just thought of anakin like yippee I'll, twirling I'll that's spinning. a move that's a good trick <laughs> wink it's a counterclockwise turn uh ray i think we mentioned never says sorry to the caretakers she's <laughs> like fuck these weird people the only thing missing is before she like she's about to go up the gangplank to the falcon and she stops and comes back and like pushes one of the caretakers down <laughs> She's Maybe like, like kicks a cane. Should we all get hand? the quad guns? You fly fly away. I've got uh, something to finish here. She was like, "I'm hungry," and she's like, "Oh, I'll cook you up something right quick." <laughs> uh, I think we talked about dead Snoke severed hand, but also just that cut back to his like tongue half hanging out of his mouth. Like I feel like they're oh they're going for it. They're they just know. like no, he's dead. He's yeah. really fucking dead. He's not suddenly going to have spider legs like Darth Maul in that stupid cartoon. Like no, he is dead. I so Hux or or Ben Solo who keeps the hand? Uh, Hux. I don't think Kylo has any attachment to the hand. So Hux like retires for the evening. Nobody's gonna need him. He's just getting into bed, pulling his weird black satin sheets up, and he just reaches over to the drawer, pulls out the hand. First of all, I think I think Kylo Ren is the one with the black satin sheets. I think Hux is a little more like standard, you know, imperial cotton. Um, <laughs> Could the hand possibly? Could you? Could you do something with that? Like unlock some some oh, secret archives? Do, oh, or, yeah. yeah, I was going the the non sexual way, but yeah. Is there anything you know? Oh, if you're gonna tell me you got the fucking volcanic rock ring from the castle under Mustafar, which I still means nothing. I still debate why would Darth Vader go back to the place of like such intense trauma? Yeah, whatever. Um, <sighs> this is where I relax. It does make you wonder because, like, seemingly. The first order has a lot of money from somewhere. Like, well, at this point, why are they buying weapons? I mean, you had the the. Well, I mean, are are they paying the the military industrial complex to make their weapons? Like, couldn't they just there take them over and nationalize that? That's five seems like- movies mm-hmm. and twenty plus years of story time, twenty two years or more devoted to the Death Star project, mm-hmm. like. Is it 
just because they're like we can't be investing in house on weaponeering like that yeah i don't know i mean seemingly the first order has unlimited resources like i i know like for the supremacy the big flying wing ship like the actual stats on that are like ridiculous like it can like dock several other massive star destroyers inside of it or something well in general for an organization of this size that has subjects and people because they're not well, I guess I guess they're kind of presented as a as an organized terrorist organization in a sense. They're um, they're like the they're like Palestinians insurg- or something in the first one. I don't know if insurgency is the right word, but like they're the kind of like a radical revival, like a government in exile. Yeah, but like I I just, I love that the classic movie sense that Snoke is not about like pr- like he's not doing speeches. You know what I mean? He's not trying to win hearts and minds. He doesn't seem to give a shit He's about like, the ideology. Really. I want to crush out hope. Yeah. That's a lot more honest than we're used to from our politicians. Uh, last few notes here. Um, when Finn says, I know where the nearest escape pods are on uh, the supremacy there. And, and Rose says, of course you do. I feel like that line, like it's a great line, but for some reason, I like only one of my audiences has reacted to that in any way. So 100%. If you do like, okay, the next movie is like two years later. They've been dating this whole time. They might have kids by the next movie. We do the whole thing where they're dating the whole time, and it's like he's kind of feeling the pull of like Ray, and like they have the relationship fight, and she's just like Finn. There is no escape pod for our relationship, and he's just like, you never drop that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I kind of feel like the look that Ray gives as she's watching Finn kind of put a blanket over Rose at the end there. To me, that was just like a, a look from Ray that was like, oh, that, that, that works out. That's convenient. That, that avoids me some, some trouble later. Yeah, you, you look good with her. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm glad you found a new friend. I think they're at least setting the table for you to think that there was a romance that could have happened with the like, if you, if you hear from Finn, yeah, tell him that. I do not get a romantic vibe between Finn and Ray. I just don't. I think they're leaving the I think, possibility. There. I think she she sees Finn as a, a very good friend. It's quite possible. I also She's, don't think Ray needs a boyfriend. She doesn't need one, but it, it's not a bad thing if she has one, I would say. All I'm saying is if I'm your only option, you're pretty fucked. I mean, him him offering her to rule the galaxy with him, that's... I feel like that's more than a platonic suggestion, a more than platonic offer there. What do you say we uh, steal the deal right here amongst all this like dead bodies? Mm-hmm. I, I know I qualify as the example of a Mr. Right now and barely <laughs> that and not a Mr. Right. Uh, 3PO, 3PO when uh, he's telling Poe the odds about like finding an escape from this mine and he gets cut off and it's just like 2-1. Love that. Yeah. Um, and I think I already talked about the way the porks fly straight up. So let's talk about episode nine. What are, what are your hopes for episode nine? What we just talk about. I I don't even know what to expect. I think I do want some sort of time jump. Mm-hmm. Just like it would. I guess it would feel a little weird if like the entire trilogy took place over like two weeks. You know, yeah. like if it was like a year or two in the future, I'd be fine with that. I don't want, and I don't think this is Star Wars. I don't think they'll go there. Other movies would do this. I don't want the like there's a worse enemy out there and like the the rebels and the first order have to team up against it and oh one of us is 
you know, Scorpion and the hair. We're going to betray each other or whatever. I don't want that. Well, it does seem I'm curious to see where they go because it, it feels like the climax of episode nine should be very personal between Ray and Kylo Ren. Um, it would be weird if it was just like, we got to take out this other super weapon or something like that. Like, I'm not sure how they get to that point, but I just, it feels like a lot of what they would have done if they were following the standards that we know from before they did in this movie. Yeah. Which is, which makes the idea of an episode nine really intriguing. And of course, if, if they were going to say like, Oh, there's actually two more and not one more movies. I'd be fine with that as well. Yeah. They've, they've really kind of blown out the possibilities for what they can do. You know, like they can go a lot of different directions. Um, I'd like to see some more force timing. Mm. I wouldn't mind. I Snoke claimed to be the one who like set that up, but it's still happening at the end mm. of the movie after he's dead. There's a connection. Yeah. Force connection there. Um, and I'd like to see Mark Hamill with this, this version of Mark Hamill continue. Um, I'd like to see whatever that perfect reason why we don't see Leia. It's most is she just, likely is she be, just off she, inspiring people? I feel like it's going to be, she's died off screen or something like that. Hmm. Um, which I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the right way is to to handle a situation like that. A la Lando, do you want to see anyone else from the original trilogy brought back, like Lobot? Let me get to that in a little bit. I definitely want Lobot. More importantly, I want the young Lobot spinoff movie. Um, but I who plays young Lobot? Oh God, Keegan Allen. I don't know. Um, I I kind of want like a. Like I'm trying to think because I feel like there there are probably too many characters in this movie, mm. and I think they obviously some people are dead now, so they've turned the roster in that way. But I think they they really if they could focus on fewer plot lines, I think it would be to their benefit. Like which is why I could kind of see like like if Finn was like like if he is like Finn's commandos and it's like featuring Rose and Poe and some other people or, or maybe Poe's like the leader or whatnot, you know. But like a way to kind of channel a bunch of characters into one place Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't feel like we're bouncing all over the place and trying to service every you know 20 characters at once Mm -hmm. Uh, i think that would probably help i like that there's possibilities for various romantic couplings i like that they're not set in stone so you don't have the um it's one thing in the hunger games books where they kind of drop off the gale thing Mm -hmm. they really throw it away in the movie like i'm glad that that it's not going to feel like if they don't go in certain directions it's so I don't know, like just throwing away storylines. Mm-hmm. I kind of want both of Ray and Kylo's visions to be right somehow. Hmm. I don't know if that's possible. I mean, I, I feel like the general sentiment is that like Kylo Ren has to die. Um, I'm not, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I kind of want both well, Ray to join him and him to join her all, can't all at he once. Turn and die. I mean, yeah but it's i don't know it's we've already done that i guess is the thing Hmm. um but yeah like i said i kind of want them to trim the roster a little bit like it's not like i would want to like say like lose a character like rose um we don't necessarily need maz canada to come back or dj um or obviously holdo's not coming back but like i think if any way they could could narrow down the focus a little bit to fewer plot lines probably be better i'm sure there'll be new characters though yeah maybe i don't know it's just i i think when if there is a way they could get to the climax where you're not cutting between like three different plot lines it'd probably be for the best hmm. um i want the knights of ran 
I feel like. Uh, oh, I like your idea though that they're you know, if you've just taken over a massive industrial military like organization, how else do you keep command in certain parts of the world? You bring in your cosplay bros. Well, I don't believe we've ever actually seen like multiple red lightsabers on screen at the same time. Like we've never actually seen like a real, you know, Jedi versus Sith or, you know, like dark side versus light side, like, like melee fight, which is funny that he, that he brings up Sith. Cause we know Sith to be the opposite of the Jedi or what we've been told mm-hmm. is when really they're just like, uh, I feel like they're just like a denomination of dark Jedis. Yeah. But, um, I prefer dark Jedi to Sith, personally. but I'm all about like grand Moff anime sword. Just oh, that the dude with the giant sword, yeah. <laughs> It'll just have like a little like laser edge to it, so yeah. it can fight with like it. the Praetorian guards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, part of me had wondered going into this, like, was that where the Knights of Ren? It's like some of I get to stay Kylo Ren, and you're just his bodyguards now. Well, because I feel like they wouldn't turn on him, you know? Yeah, yeah. they're they're his knights. Um, I would love to see a scene. <laughs> Fuck you guys. If you could bring back like Force Ghosts of Luke, Yoda, Obi Wan, and Anakin all at the same time, what is? I kind of thought myself while watching it the first time, what is Hayden Christensen doing? I think he's waiting by the phone, is what he's doing. Yeah. Um, I think but if you can't get him, you get Keegan Allen. I think the time is right to bring back Hayden and the Ewan. Um, obviously, it's like why are they younger or whatever? Just whatever, you know. He hand wave that. Um, Whatever. I think, I think they didn't bring him back in the Yoda scene in this because that scene was so tight and so perfect as it was that like you didn't need anything else. But especially if you're, you have the idea of like Force Ghosts like harassing Kylo Ren or like you know some other like at least for a scene, if you could bring in multiple of the Force Ghosts, I think it would be really entertaining. Let me say the realest thing ever: mm-hmm. it's Ewan McGregor and old man makeup. You're still gonna nut, right? Sure. <laughs> But he's a little older now. But he, he looks look younger. Like Guinness, but yeah, yeah. Um, he just he just put some uh, some gray in his hair. It's shitty how good he looks for his age. Okay. Uh, oh, and my last thing, I kind of want more three PO. I feel like they're not getting a lot. R two barely got anything. Three PO got a little bit more, but I was reminded of three PO in this, where it's like three PO is best when he's in the middle of the action. Yeah. yeah. He. You don't necessarily just want him hanging out on the ship the whole time. Or at least play the crotchety old man robot version of him. You he's just, not that. He's fun when he's commentary on stuff that's happening. And so I like if you could bring him into the, the middle of things a little bit more, I think that's but a yeah, win. Poe is not Han, but still, I think you should force Poe to like take on 3PO. Well, I think the key to 3PO is that he never gets to finish a sentence, no matter who he's talking to. Yeah. They always cut him off. Um, but yeah, I, I mean... Anthony what do you Daniels, think of, apparently he's like annoying to work with, but I feel like you you want to get a little more three PO in the next movie. Remember when we thought Domino Gleason was the new three PO, <laughs> and or Luke's son? Yeah, I remember. What that would one. you What would you think of uh, Luke's son with Mara Jade? <laughs> what did you think of Poe was uh, like piloting the Falcon in the next movie? Mm, that wouldn't make any sense to me. Okay, because Poe. I think Poe's. I don't trajectory, think Chewie's letting him in the, near the controls. Poe's tra- trajectory is to be a leader. Yeah, I mean, he kind of, especially if Leia dies off screen or, or whatever, he's kind of it. Um, and so it wouldn't make sense for him to just be in the Falcon. I think the Falcon is where Ray and Chewie reside and like maybe Finn can come along. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Ray and Chewie, they seem to work pretty well in the Falcon together. I just, I just want the, uh, the Poe Kylo scene where it's like, 
hey funny guy i'm the new boyfriend what you're dating this guy or what is the what is that stupid thing for that dumb fucking trailer or do you like dating a ventriloquist now you always like the dummy Ugh. <laughs> god i've had to see that stupid jurassic world 2 trailer like six times well like it's never good we got like three trailers tonight they were minimal on this one yeah the that century when i saw it at century years there was like seven my point to you when i leaned over and said something was the first trailer was the avengers trailer like i know you don't program these things like that but like what are you going to show after that yeah. that's the sh- that's the closer of the trailers yeah 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 that stupid jurassic world trailer i just can we have a moratorium on movies where like in the trailer a character voices the entire like plot Thesis? of the movie in a skeptical manner you want us to go back to that island to no. rescue the dinosaurs from a volcano Psh. and like no that's literally the plot of the movie like no, you you don't get excused for criticizing your own dumb plotline. The worst is still Mission Impossible 2 with Tom Cruise saying. You got to be kidding me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's do our power rankings. I have 20. All right. So do you want to do film rankings at some point before or yeah, after this? Yeah, after this. Okay. That'll be our, our day. So I, I expanded to 20 because you had 20. I don't want to be and then I have an honorable mention as well. God damn, son. Okay. Go. What's your honorable mention? Uh, Just because I didn't know where else to put him. The Master Code Raker played by Justin Thoreau. Um, I'm shocked I, that he's not higher. I want, like I said, I want the 700 page EU novel about that character. He's, <laughs> I feel like it, most of the audiences I've had, they did not get Maz's innuendo about that guy until way too late. Like I was laughing about it as she's making the joke, and then like three seconds later, everyone else laughs about it. On top of all of that, I love that she then flies away on a little jetpack. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's your number 20? My number 20 is, uh, I guess we're calling him DJ. Okay. Mr. Live Free, don't join. Might have been higher if he dropped the stutter. Also, he he says the word codage at one time, which yeah, dropped yeah, yeah. him all the way down in my rankings. Just, uh, I just, I hate that word. I just, no. Say slicing instead. Just the approved Star Wars the, thingy. Yeah, we call them slicers in Star Wars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. Um, My number 20. <laughs> is captain kennedy the captain the dreadnought i just love that guy you love his sneer don't you i love his sneer i love his voice we should have fired our fighters five minutes ago nobody respects fox yeah but yeah the sneer as he as he sees the explosion going yeah as the explosion's coming he's just like ah fuck it (laughs) (laughs) just like let me put on my best evil sneer yeah yeah like defiantly go down uh yeah my number 19 is captain phasma Okay. Uh, I mean, not that I disliked her. You know, I feel like there's a my my top five or six are so high that everyone else just just like kind of you know lower. But yeah, Phasma was fun. I don't think we really needed any more of her. Like, I mean, I suppose she could have just been standing around in the background more times. But I think it worked to kind of like, oh yeah, Phasma's in this movie. Well, it's funny for all the like, we, there's all these mysteries around Snoke. I get the the the, the value and the depth of those mysteries and the quakeage because it features so many other characters around it but it's like at the same time there's phasma why the fuck does she have an all chrome armor who cares it's uh it's it, from senator palpatine's like original naboo transport she took the chrome from it made her armor is that real or just made that, that up? no that's uh, in it's somewhere in some book or comic or and something. yet they've they've made her like a stone cold sociopath mm-hmm. who i don't think would give a shit yeah. Are you getting a cold as we're podcasting? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I would say my my twenty through eleven are 
kind of haphazard in the ranking. Mm-hmm. So like, don't don't judge the ranking too much. But 19, I have C3P and R2D2. Okay. Um, R2D2 is obviously has a much more poignant scene that really works as part of the progression of Luke's story. Uh, C3PO, I just I added them because they're a team. They're not together. And I really felt like as much as I love BB-8, I feel like these guys are getting extreme short shrift. That's true. Same as yeah. Chewie. Oh, there's just a lot of goddamn characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at number 18, I have Maz Kanata. Okay. Small role, not even physically present, but uh, she was fun. You know. I'm sad to say I don't actually have her on the list, but yeah. Uh, at 18, I have the Praetorian Guards. Oh, you know, I did not rank them anywhere, but yeah. Just, they're so weird and interesting. I, I like them as villains. They were dispatchable, but not easily. There was a there's a feeling of threat there you know ray got cut she got injured uh kylo almost got choked out like it wasn't like they were pushovers it's interesting because they had different weapons different armor like different weird different masks um they're utterly faceless and yet there's such a presence like based on the tone of the meeting they like you know armor up or do whatever yeah. do their thing so i thought that was really interesting i was always trying to figure out like what is what does ray do like she like make some kind of slice and like something goes flying into the red curtain is like was that a dude's head or like what was that it seemed to be part of a body yeah i love that I it catches it. on fire and it slowly burns down till it's surrounded by stars yeah that whole sequence is amazing yeah um where are we number 17 yeah i have a uh, tally blue leader r.i.p hmm. yeah she should be on mine uh the master the master code breaker justin Thoreau. Who can apparently play masking out his body like a musical instrument? <laughs> what does he say? Not now, darling. I'm on a roll. Yeah. And then he just rolls and they all cheer. I love that. Like, that just, I think for some people, they will love that and some people will hate that. You know, and it's just like, what kind of, what kind of fan of movies are you? Whether or not you enjoy a little riff like he's that. He's got this like crazy little like David Niven mustache. And, it, too. and he's got like a little bit of white in his hair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's great. Uh, I would not be mad at all if they brought him back for an equally tiny role, you know. Uh, where are we at? 16? Yeah. Uh, Lieutenant Cato Co-Connix, Billy Lord. Another one who really should be on my list, and I'm sad that she's I, not. I definitely feel like Connix is, she's thirsty for Poe. She's like, mutiny for you? Sure. Yeah. But she just she just fits into this world. It's not even just because she's like Carrie Fisher's daughter. I do like that she has lots of scenes with Carrie Fisher, though. Yeah, I like that she's having the same space. I, yeah, I mean, I think she's got enough here. You need to have her. She's essential to the next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 69. <laughs> so flimsy. The Crystal Foxes. Oh. I love okay. their look. I feel like there are some people who are like more pro Crystal Fox than, um, than Porg. You know what? Why has it got to be either or? That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, number 15, I have R2 and 3PO. Hmm. Yeah, they they need more to do, I think. I don't know. Maybe they'll figure out what to do for the, in the next movie for them. 15, I had the little Jedi boy from the end. Um, I mean, it's, it's... Broom boy. Yeah, broom boy. It's literally the future right there. So there were like three little munchkins or whatever. Mm-hmm. Couldn't have been either the, the girl or the, the black well, kid. It had to be the white kid. I don't know. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've thought that every time I watch the movie, I feel like it's because you have for the first time representation in the eh, big three. Eh. But I mean, it could have been an alien. It had to be human because we have to yeah. as an audience, you know, emphasize with them. But yeah. 
Yeah, that guy just seems like a little too much. Like he's about to like offer to shine your shoes or something. You know? Shine your shoes, governor. Please, sir. I want some more. Mm-hmm. I'm a little baby Luke Skywalker. I use the force to move that broom three inches. Well, I'm like, why are you even sweeping then? <laughs> let, the, let the broom do some Fantasia for you. Uh, number 14, I have Paige Tico, Rose's sister. Same. Um, her... Some of the shots of her, especially like the last one, as she closed her eyes to the explosion behind her, are just like really great, like compositions. Um, I mean, she barely, she has like two lines or something, you know, like she barely has anything in the movie, but like I feel like you get a really good sense of her as a character and definitely made an impact. Yeah, I actually have page Chico number 14 as well. Um, it works perfectly with the necklace, the two sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's such an interesting, it's just the, the fucking heaviness of the war that they're in. And mm-hmm. that whole sequence really ties back into one of those dumb podcasts you had on talking about like the top gunness of all this. I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it's like, much more of the world war two, which yeah. is what star Wars is born from. It's, yeah. It's how like George Lucas mashed together what he wanted for the animatics, the early animatics. Yeah. I, I thought that sequence was great. I thought she was amazing. And just the, the kicking of the ladder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have a problem at all with like the occasional bits of slow-mo in this movie? No, as I said, I enjoyed it. The start to the the Snoke throne room fight. The start of the Ray Kylo Ren sex scene. Mm-hmm. How you will forever she, see it. She touches his thigh. But does she? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number I think th- it moved, Jerry. Number 13, I have General Hux. Wow. I mean, there's a lot of characters that low. Yeah, you'll you'll see. I got you got a lot of people above them, but okay. uh, Hux is a good time. We got thirteen. I've got BB Hate. Oh, BB Hate. I do not have BB Hate on my list. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that little droid's affect. I love that. There's just like, it's like scanning, scanning. Okay, these are people are boring. What the fuck is that trash can? Doing? Why is that trash can moving? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, number twelve. I don't know why. I'm surprised they dropped this low. Uh, apparently, but uh, I've got Finn at number twelve. Okay, which is not to say I disliked him or anything. I just of all the plot lines, it, it there was a little bit of a sense that they they weren't sure what to do with Finn. Mm-hmm. It's not that I think he was superfluous and like he he like kind of uh, bore a lot of thematic weight, but it like in the kind of dramatic stakes of the movie he had less going on, I guess, than like, you know, the resistance escape or Ray and Luke and Kylo. Uh, number 12, I've got uh, DJ. Oh, wow. That's pretty high. I mean, I've been calling him space jughead. He's kind of more like space gambit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he would also be better at gambit than Chan and Tatum. Yeah. Uh, the line that I really like though is uh, the droid says, you stole the ship. No, we stole the ship. <laughs> Number 11, this is a bit of a combo. I just put Chewie and the Porgs. Hmm. Hmm. I actually... I love the bit where the Porgs, like, they're all chewing up the Falcon, and one of them has, like, this, like, weird little eye visor yeah, thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what that is, but it's like Captain EO Porg there. I was about to, like, get, like, Letcher Shock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just realized that, like, in keeping with the new movies, I don't have Chewbacca on this list. <laughs> Are we at 11? 11 my girl phasma okay coming out strong just electrifying the screen leaving enigmatically you'll always be scum yeah leaving the door <laughs> open for a return i could still live yeah 100 <laughs> percent. she fell 
right into like uh, Jimmy Smith's speeder and they're going to fly away. <laughs> and so it is. It's <laughs> good. Smith. It's law. Uh, number 10, BB-8. Hmm. I saw, I can't remember where I saw this. It's somewhere where they're like, BB-8 is the true Mary Sue of the new Star Wars movies. Because <laughs> he's just perfect at everything and I don't mind. Yeah. Um, Driving a an ATST at one point. Was that ten? Did you think that was gonna be DJ when like the Scout Walker started firing? No. I like that you don't see DJ again because mm-hmm. he's not gonna stick around. No, that's not in his character. Um, it's funny. Ten. Ten. Yeah. Ten. I actually have Snoke. Okay. When I found you, yeah, I saw raw untamed power. I mean, I don't, I can't see Circus doing the physicality of all this, but I do like the voice that he uses. I like the voice. I like the, they gave Snoke these kind of menacing cheekbones in his design, Mm -hmm. which is funny because like, it's not like this Snoke wasn't in The Force Awakens. It's just that he was so remote that you didn't really get much of a vibe from him. You're just like, okay, that's Snoke, I guess, you know? But like, yeah, having him in person, I think, made a big difference. And he's just so, he's so malevolent and like evil. He's got a great affect. Yeah. Well, it's like, what if, what if we took those menacing Peter Cushing cheekbones Mm -hmm. and we just went all Picasso on them? (laughs) Something truly special. Yeah. The voice he's doing is great. Uh, number nine, I've got Rose Tico. Hmm. I mean, Rose was a, a delight. I'm, I'm very curious to see what they do with her character from here on out, but, um, yeah, she's a lot of fun. Number nine, I've got General Hux. Mm. Really like that Hux. I like him so much more in this movie than the first one. I I feel like I liked him in the first one too, and a lot of people didn't. And I'm like, I'm just cashing those checks now. You know, <laughs> I'm selling that stock. I had Snoke at number eight. Um, obviously, we just talked about him. He's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, at eight, I've got this. <laughs> for all the like not needing to be on the list characters, I have this three team up of <laughs> Finn, Poe, and BBA. <laughs> okay. This is like, this is the holdover when I only had 10 and I was mm. just like shoving them in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I put Poe at number seven. Mm. Um, I mean, he is acting like an idiot for most of the plot line, but I think it's it's interesting development for him to move him beyond just like ace pilot into like you know, like actually exploring his character. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder, was Poe always going to have that big of a role? Was that one of the things that, that Ryan Johnson wanted to rewrite after Force Awakens? You know, like, mm-hmm. how did that all develop? Because really, he was just supposed to die in the Force Awakens. Yeah. And it's one of the smart things that J.J. Abrams did was keeping him around. Because mm-hmm. you know? they're like, oh my God, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, he's great. Um, number seven, I have Leia. Okay. The 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 conundrum of Leia and Carrie Fisher is I hadn't seen her in anything in a long time. So with Force Awakens in this one, I'm still getting used to her voice hmm. and how deep it I is. I felt like I was used to it in this one. But I like her. I like that she maintains a glamour. I mean, because I, I feel like the Amy Lynn Holdo is really shocking. Well, she's not wearing the gas station attendant uniform yeah. anymore. But she's not as full, like elegant ball i mean because amy lynn holdo is dressed like she's going to go to canto bite mm-hmm. you know for the most part but i i just 
there's such an I mean, I I love the little details we hear about where like certain scenes were rewritten with uh Laura Dern and, and uh, Carrie Fisher because they're like, Ryan, we can do better. But like she has such great comic timing. And I hate that so much of her life was taken up by substance abuse and and the fact that she got into like bit parts of like girl the girlfriend and like man in front of shoe, blues brothers. Because just a little bit's like when uh Poe's like leading the way and Cray and everyone's like turning back and she even glances over her shoulder like what are you all looking at me for follow him I like that she was like was firing a blaster in one of those uh, scenes yeah yeah great too yeah, yeah. Uh, number six I have Yoda uh, just a note perfect Yoda like absolutely perfect representation of the character my list is fucked up I don't have Yoda <laughs> yeah there's a lot of characters uh, number six I have Vice Admiral Amy Lynn Holdo mm. uh there's a mystery to her. There's a warmth. She's a little bit sassy. Like she's she's kind of flirting with Poe a little bit. There's some sexual tension. Yeah, yeah like well, I said, it's the most sexual Star Wars movie. Ever but made. I mean, again, Poe has sexual tension with like toasters. I mm-hmm. think like light sockets probably get a little electrified when he walks around the room. Well, you know when he when he greets Ray and she says I'm Ray and he says I know. I mean the words I know in Star Wars has some certain connotations. So yeah. we shall see. Yeah, there's, this movie's dripping with thirst, but uh, I just. I just liked her. I mean, she surpassed like everything I was probably programmed to dislike about the weird purple hair and all that stuff because it just feels unnecessary. But she's like, fuck it. I own it. I have a halo. Why? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah, I had Leia at number five. Uh, I think, thought Carrie Fisher was just excellent in this movie. Um, she got a lot more material. She wasn't just like kind of expositioning like she was about like Snoke and Kylo Ren and The Force Awakens. And she was just great. Like, it just this felt like an older Leia. Number five. This is gonna be such a fuck you compared to some of the others. I got porgs. They're goddamn in adorable. Your, in your face, Yoda. I mean, like <laughs> all of the like attempts and the things that Star Wars is like, like Jar Jar is an attempt at something, right? It's something. Um, but certain things in Star Wars, they just work and they live. I mean, it's like the porgs are essentially no different than the droids in some regard. They're we're supposed to put something human on them and, and they can, they convey something. And I just, I don't know. They, they work for me. I love them. I have like maybe three or four pork figurines. Now I don't know how I've, I need to get myself a, a good plush pork. Yeah. I got something today at the store. I like a mystery little box. I don't know. I was stupid whim. I don't usually buy Star Wars toys. And it was like a Chewbacca. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. And then I saw this Chewy holding a pork. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm into it. Nice. Number four, I have Vice Admiral Amy Lynn Holdo. I, I just thought Holdo was great in this movie. Uh, it's too bad she won't be around for another one because it was a great character. Number four, I got Rose. Okay. I like Rose a lot. I like. I can't wait to see what this actress does in the future. Um, I like her adorable spunky hairdo, which is like one of those kind of throwbacks, I think, to something pseudo 70s again. There is a little bit of a vibe of that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had and, and these top three here, these were hard to rank. Oh, I, I'm sure we had the same top three in yeah, some order or other. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, I ended up at number three for Luke Skywalker. Wow. Which isn't to say that he is diminished in any way because he's fantastic in this movie. Um, from right, you know, from his like broken self all the way to his kind of force projected, kind of restored self. He was just great. So yeah, this this just this the, the crack in the rock about mm. how you're much more of a Raylo shipper than I am. Oh, I have Kylo Ren number three. Oh, wow, okay. 
Interesting. I like what Adam Driver does. You keep holding on. Yeah. I know. I, I need to kill this ranking. Or let, I need to let, let go of this ranking and kill it if I have to. Yeah. I like what he does so much more in this one. It's it, There's less to mock than there was in Force Awakens. Not that the mocking is necessarily a bad thing. It's a term of affection in some regards. But you know, he's not like looking away and being like, on solo. On solo. Um but yeah, he's of the of the Trinity here. That's where he falls for me. I almost feel like we should have done this um like beauty pageant style. How do they do it where they they like announce like the Kylo number- Ren is not getting the rose today? No, they do it like number like second place first, and then it's like between first and third or something like that. I think that's how they do it. Where it's like when they get to the final three, they do they announce the runner up and then they, they like announce the winner and then obviously the loser's third. So they're creating drama between first and third? I think that's how they do it. I could be wrong. I don't actually watch those shows, but I think that's how they do it. Wow. Um, that would be so stressful. Oh, you're telling me I didn't just come in second place? I came in third? Thanks. So number two. Obviously. Ray. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, by a hair. But I mean, Ray, I think anyone who listens to this podcast could tell we love Ray. She's great. Daisy Ridley did great work in this movie. Um, she's a delight every time she's on screen. If if there's a problem with the final like fourth act of this movie, it's that she's not in it enough. But the image of her uh, with all the rocks like lifted and spread out above her, like hero shot. Yeah, hero shot, and like she's not even really straining. Like that's what I love about yeah. it. Like she's she's like a force prodigy, and I'm happy that she's that powerful in the force. I don't need her to like go do a bunch of like RPG leveling up to get to that power level. That's just who she is. She's, she's a force phenom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Damn. Wow. Number two, I have Luke Skywalker. Okay. I love him as the crazy, mean, vain hermit. I love that. He's got that dark sense of humor. He's not the naive farm boy anymore. He's a guy that's fucking suffered and he's moped about it. He's clearly, been mired in his own darkness for 30 years i love that um i love they're not afraid to have him be weird and throw in people's faces the thing where he slides across the pole before he does the fish just the uh drinking the 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 blue monster titty milk Mm -hmm. i love all of that and (laughs) the bravado uh it's this is like i mean this is such a gift mark this is totally worth being paid to sit around on the set of force awakens just to stifle spoilers yeah so obviously number one it's only one option left Kylo Ren by a hair over a I just his character I feel like he's just he has so much to work with um he's so conflicted and fucked up um he was just a lot of fun I mean I gotta say I I cannot take credit for any Raylo theories I when I first heard of the concept of Raylo I was like that's insane like I I put it on the level of like like the Draco Hermione shippers where it's just you like, were fascinated though. I, well, yeah, but I, so I, at the same time I was like, that's like a Draco Hermione thing. It's like, that's never going to happen, but I guess some people are into that. But at the same time I was drawn to it just because it was like, these are the only people who are talking about theories that are looking forward instead of backward, like that. They're not concerned with who Ray's parents are. You know, they're, they're not concerned with who Snoke is like, it was just more interesting you know, like somehow or other, I found this scavenger sword podcast. and I was like, these ladies are, they're just having more interesting conversations about characters than uh, these people who, they're like a hundredth different Snoke theory that they have. And mm. so 
like you know I, like i said i can't came, claim any credit for that but i am i guess a little proud of my instincts to check that side of the phantom out because they nailed it completely kylo ren was a fascinating character in this movie he's he's so hateable and yet i think at some level he is relatable in kind of a scary way you know like you can see how he arrived at where he is and you know there is maybe you know like ray you you still think there is maybe a tiny core of him that could be redeemed uh or turned back well i think there's an interesting thing like if you are a person who considers yourself overlooked but you consider yourself you're very talented you're the protagonist of your story there is a chance that the rest of the world sees you as more of a kylo ren than a ray Mm -hmm. um so there's a relatable potential ugliness to his character that I totally get. And I, I like that 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 Raylo theories, while I wasn't on board with them, are much more interesting than Snoke theory, especially in Snoke theories where all like the Plagius Palpatine yeah. dumpster. Blah, blah, blah. Boring, yeah. Um my number one is of course Ray. Uh it's not just the third act. I think the whole movie should have more Daisy Ridley. The way she was such a dominating presence in the first movie. Every time she's not on screen, you're like, where's Ray? Yeah. yeah. And it's such a tour de force of a performance in that movie. I like that she gets to feel out more of her performance in this. I'm so glad she has the weird causality loop, wet vagina, dark side cave sequence. I'm glad that that's on her visual resume. Um, I'm so intrigued by where Ray goes. I'm glad that we're over the hurdle of the parents. You know, what sy- she could do next. Too, she, um, she took her hair down. She 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 got rid of the three bobs. Yeah, which I think was like she maintained that hairdo for her parents so they would recognize her. That's like another little detail in the movie where she kind of abandons that when she goes to see Kylo. Her storyline is Ben, as she started to call him. Her storyline is so much interesting than the same trash that we saw in like the Young Pope for half a season. <laughs> uh, but what she could do next could be anything, and that's what I I love about her. And I I just I don't know I I. <laughs> I feel like I just want to invest. I feel like when those those fucking weirdos on Twitter who's just like they'll constantly like they'll tweet starlets like PLL starlets and be like, <laughs> I just hope you're having a good day. I almost want to be one of those people because she just seems like such a positive like force in the world. I just hope she is on vacation now, Daisy Ridley, and like like you could really tell some of the actors by the end of the press tour they're just exhausted by mm-hmm. being asked the same question over and over. Yeah, and yeah. It's like for to be somebody like when you're 21 and like. To be, you know, not, I don't want to say no one, but, you know, fame wise, no one to go to like your faces on like soda cans and shit. Like, that's got to be the weirdest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. And it's like, I just, you know, pretend somebody, somebody keep her from, you know, having to face the wrath of the horrible Star Wars fans that are out there. Yeah. And I just, there was, so at my like 7 p.m. Thursday night showing, there was like an obese Kylo Ren, there was a Bane inexplicably and there was a little girl like running around as dressed as Ray. i saw a bunch of rays yeah and like i i to me it's it's like you said though like why does the little boy at the end have to be a little boy if, it could be like just another little ray yeah that would have been so perfect because this this should be her story as much as everyone else's story is interesting yeah so that's why ray is number one for me it's why like it's this is the i don't care if she ends up with jacob or edward <laughs> i want it to be ray's story all right. Well, we've been talking for three hours, as I predicted we might. Let's do our 
rankings, movie rankings. So I guess the the question for these movies are we are you ranking them as in you believe that this is kind of you know objectively speaking the correct no. ranking of these movies or are these like your favorite movies? Yeah, my okay. favorite. Okay. Um, so I think we can both say number seven or eight or are you, are we going eight to one? Is that how we're doing this? Um, did I miss something? You may have. Did you forget Attack of the Clones? No, it's on there. Okay. Do you forget the Phantom Menace? No, I have it on there. There's eight movies, you know. That's right, because there's this is episode eight. Mm-hmm. What am I missing here? I don't know. Return of the Jedi. No, it's on there. Revenge of the Sith. On there. A New Hope. On there. Force Awakens. On there. Last Jedi. On there. Empire. On there. Maybe you just can't count then. Oh, I I, I can't count. I I wrote this in different directions. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Continue as you were. My eighth so one. Are, so we're doing eight to one? Um, well, let's just say last place will always be uh, Rogue One. I didn't even list it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm doing eight to one. You might have noticed that Rogue One is not on that list. <laughs> Which, like, sorry, I know there are people out there who love it and probably hated the Last Jedi, but uh, I saw Rogue One twice in the theater. I haven't seen it since. I had no desire. I just didn't like it. I think the kind of people that liked, liked Rogue One probably wanted a lot more of Luke cutting down a hundred stormtroopers in this movie, and they're probably upset they didn't get it. Yeah, it's not that the Darth Vader thing isn't visually cool. It's wrong though. It's just like, why am I supposed to be cheering this? You know? Yeah, yeah. Did you go to the Pearl Harbor movie and cheer when the Japanese dropped yeah. the bombs? Anyway, what's your number eight? Phantom Menace. Okay, I have Attack of the Clones. I feel like the the, the romance in that now it's almost unwatchable. I mean, it's I suppose it's like it, you can make fun of it. Mm. Um, but it's like it's so cringe inducing hmm. it's not it is not hot like ray and kylo ren it's wrong and it's hot like anakin and padme it's like uh, you know like even though there's like similar kind of like bad boyfriend type of vibes from both of them one of them sexy and one of them just isn't hmm. mm-hmm. number seven i had attack of the clones it's um there's a lot of things I do enjoy in that movie. It's definitely better than Phantom Menace. Um, I also have a certain nostalgia just because we saw that four times in a 24-hour period. And I felt just like I just felt like part of that movie embedded itself in my core for a long time. But she was happy to see us, Anakin. Um, well, just the little bits of Obi-Wan Kenobi are so great. When when Padme and Anakin are being tied up in the arena. And they're like turning to Obi Wan. They're like, "We're here to rescue you." And he looks up at his own binds, and he's like, "Good job." <laughs> it's so good. I mean, I just I love when the Jedi show up and they're fighting their way out of all that. It's such a, a deliriously weird spectacle. The weird film noir and Coruscant when they have to rescue uh, or, or protect Padme. Yeah. Anyway, by I, watching I, her sleep. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she likes it when I watch her sleep, Master. You've grown too more beautiful. <laughs> And tell me he's not Kylo Ren's granddad. Yeah. Uh, number seven out of the Phantom Menace. Um, just, you know, slightly above Attack of the Clones. Mm. Man, those, all the prequels, it's, I don't hate them. They're just, they're hard for me to watch because I'm like, oh, this could have been better. Like, you just, you see in broad strokes the ideas and, and the lack of execution. It just makes it really frustrating for me to watch. Which is why my next one is Revenge of the Sith. At seven or six? Uh, six. Okay. Sorry. Um, 
So I, I it wasn't intentional. I didn't sit down thinking like, man, I want to rank the prequels like dead last. But like That's just how it comes out. Yeah, there's a lot that I like Revenge Revenge stuff, but it's all it's all kind of honestly like action movie spectacle stuff. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stuff like you said, it falls flat or I I think they miss a lot of the emotional beats that they should be hitting. Or some of the moments just come off as straight up cartoony. Like the whole thing with Anakin and Mace Windu and Palpatine. And they're like, no, and no, no, no. Yeah. And then it turns around and there's something so deliriously haunting to me about the pitch shifts in Ian McDermott's voice with like, uh, yeah, it just gets weird. Yeah. Kill the younglings. Oh, gosh. And so it is. (laughs) But my favorite thing, Obi Wan. Or I don't remember what Palpatine's or Padme's talking about, and Anakin's like his thoughts are there, and he kind of drifts up those stairs, and there's just Obi Wan hands on his That's hips. That's like possibly the best shot in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah, where it's just like he just has the sternest fucking face you've ever seen, like glaring down at them. Yeah, just disapproving as fuck at the top <laughs> of the stairs. Yeah. Uh, number five, or no, did I do number six? My number six was Revenge of the Sith. Okay. As well, yeah, obviously. What'd you do, number five? Minor five return of the Jedi. Um, very mm. fun movie. Like when I was younger, this was probably higher. I don't hate the Ewoks. Although when I watched the movie recently, I felt like it dragged a lot in the middle. Mm. Um, I didn't enjoy the Java stuff as much. Maybe that's because I watched a special edition version that mm. might be dragging it down a little with like the dumb shit they added to the Java stuff. But yeah, I, I, we were talking earlier about like the the midpoint like chase sequence like you know monster sequence or whatever the speeder bike chase and this works really well but then after that there's just like this long fucking drag until you finally get to act three they real really settle in when they once they get to endor yeah really get comfortable and then there's just the oddity of han's camouflage trench coat it's trench coat yeah <laughs> um yeah so there's the there's a phase where you and i were in sync with this and we've uh, one of us has obviously not grown out of it my number five is a new hope okay i i've always loved that movie but it's never the one that i've gone back to and watched the most it's the same thing whereas like i always go back to before sunset more than i ever go to before sunrise mm-hmm. if that makes sense i get that uh yeah my number four is a new hope aka star wars um it's it's hard for me like to me there's just it's the genesis of so many things and it does so many things well um in many ways other movies are kind of like kind of bigger and bolder than this one but i still think the trench run like for uh, i guess it's debatable because the trench run in death star 2 is really good in jedi Mm. uh that that's that might still be my favorite space battle but the the original trench run is really well put together like i don't know if we've ever had quite that level of tension in a space fight since then just as they're slowly getting picked off you know that was definitely what was missing from force awakens and the the star killer base attack was like it didn't feel like you're slowly losing people and losing hope the same way it does in a new hope this is where this is why we're a good team this is why we, we need each other you poor bastard is mm-hmm. my number four is return of the jedi i really something about the way my brain process works there's so many fun parts of that movie they're so embedded in my head something about my brain process works is i i totally get the the need for that genesis and the build the solid framework for something 
But then I always want to run the equation. When you get to the end, do you feel it? Do you earn it? I mean, the throne room only works because of everything in the two movies before it. But like, I just, you know, you've, you've gone to that point. It's, it's high school graduation. It's, it's that music playing. And it just, it, I don't know, it, it hits me so hard. So it, it always just, I don't know, embeds itself more in me than New Hope. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, number three. And I should say my this is when we really uh, my, have some things. My two through four were very hard to rank. Okay, and I feel like on different days I might rank them differently. Okay, right now I'm feeling this way, and I, I changed this from like yesterday. Literally, uh, I've got the Force Awakens at number three right now. Okay, well this is going to answer all of our questions right here. Mm-hmm. My number three is the Last Jedi. Okay, um, I I feel like the Force Awakens is like the greatest piece of cheesecake you've ever eaten. And the Last Jedi is like a seven-course meal that's incredibly good, but it's got some types of food you don't normally eat in it, and it's incredibly filling. And it's like, what are you in the mood for? Mm. You know, um, I think maybe in the long run, the Last Jedi will have more to be appreciated for, just because it is so stuffed. Um, but depending on my mood, I may be more in the mood for a Force Awakens. You know, uh, I think the Last Jedi is so valuable to me for the same reasons i just mentioned jedi the way it builds on force awakens is so important and interesting and i i like when you have that framework and then you can delve into the nuance and get a little dirty with some concepts you've you've wet you yeah you accept it yeah oh yeah yes um but i also i haven't spent time with it the same way yeah, i have yeah. force awakens i've i mean i saw force Awakens what like five times in the theater that's it maybe six mm. I don't think it was more than six, but I've watched it probably like 10 times in the two years since I'm going to assume that uh, I'm going to assume that last shot is your number two. It is. Yes. Okay. So I just remembered there's such a sheer fucking joy to all my experiences of force awakens. I don't know what I expected and it's just pure, beautiful cinema. And I, I'm yeah. not sure if, the last jedi as good as it is which i have at number two i'm not sure if there's anything that hits quite the emotional high point of ray calling the lightsaber to her in the force awakens not that like i mean the scene where the fucking snow gets cut in half is amazing and like thrilling but it's more goosebumpy than like emotionally resonant i guess Mm -hmm. i would say um if if you're in the right mood i think the force awakens just really lands some emotional beats you know like Han, you know, when he when they mentioned Luke Skywalker to him and the way Han reacts to that, yeah, I know him, I knew Luke. Um you don't quite get that level of emotional high, I don't think, in in The Last Jedi, just because it's a different type of movie. You have all that there's just these crazy kinetic popcorn thrills. Once Finn and Ray hook up on Jakku mm-hmm. and like uh Oh, that piece of junk? No, no, go for this cool ship. And it blows up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then just one Han shows up and he's having the, the two way negotiation in the hallway. <laughs> those little freaks, you can't trust those freaks. Uh, Wasn't he a war hero? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just when uh, Finn bumps the chessboard and like the hollow chess comes on and Chewie's like, <laughs> Yeah. You want to play? No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's just different sensibilities. The Last Jedi is probably a more serious film, and I think it's going to reward more viewings and, you know, more, maybe more thoughtful. But yeah, I, it was like yesterday I had Last Jedi 3, Force Awakens 2, and I flipped it today. So, and I don't, I don't know if it'll change 
daily for me, but the next couple months will be really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think obviously we both have the Empire Strikes yeah. Back at number one. Um, that's just a really fucking good movie, yeah. and I. I hope that there is a movie that comes out, a Star Wars movie that can replace Empire at number one. Yeah. But it is a very tall order. Just and it's funny now, people are so upset about The Last Jedi for seemingly upending everything, you know, the Force Awakens set up. It's like, oh, why didn't you follow this plot or that plot line? The Empire Strikes Back as a movie that's like, oh, the all that heroism from the first movie that you wanted to be a part of, Luke, you're wrong. You know, why are you seeking out, you know, adventure and excitement? You know, it's like it's such a a flip of everything you thought about star Wars. It, it it's the movie that unleashed the entire rest of the universe of star Wars to kind of develop beyond like Saturday morning serial. Like it, it's the movie that made it serious. And I would make the argument that what you would talk about so eloquently that works about Raylo mm-hmm. kind of has a Genesis and Han and Leia to a certain extent, the princess and the smuggler, you know, uh, uh, the, just their whole like the hallway discussion. Like maybe you need a scoundrel, or maybe you need a bad man. My hands are dirty too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of that stuff. But yeah, it's there. You know, the heroism is not quite there. But also, like, there's real emotions. There's real thrills. These things have real consequences. The bad guys have real nefarious plans that for, are fucked up. For my money, the soundtrack, the score to The Empire Strikes Back is still the best one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the asteroid field, the Imperial March. Uh, Yoda's theme, which was delightful to hear in the Last Jedi, by the way. Um, I mean that that score is almost like cheating, but yeah, The Empire Strikes Back for so many reasons. It just it took what was a really fun kind of Saturday morning adventure type of movie and made it like unfathomably deep and complex and and just branched out in so many different interesting ways. As we elevate our our pop culture more and more in this kind of current iteration of society i i kind of think it's funny to think like john williams is like my mozart <laughs> you know what i mean uh, like this i talk about like that that classical piece of that classical movement yeah god All i hope right. he lives for two more years i know well we can't wait for episode nine um maybe that's apparent maybe we may revisit the last jedi at some point in the future um we're going to try to get a Christmas pot in before Christmas. But uh, yeah, that was it. Let us know your last Jedi thoughts. You can tweet at us at headcanonpod. Do we have a Gmail address? Yeah, Not yet. No, um, just I just want to say us. I was really upset that Love actually ended up on the poll. And I was a little upset when it won. <laughs> I, what would If you could just pick, what would you have picked? I think the Christmas Prince or the, the Ryan Reynolds ones at that time i was like much more apparently into those. just friends was like I, I got the vibe that people were most excited about that well i haven't seen love actually in like 10 years mm-hmm. i watched the first half an hour now there's a lot there yeah there's a fucking lot there it's a lot to talk about <laughs> i might have some hot takes uh and it includes my nemesis chris marshall who exactly exactly okay uh so yeah that was the last jedi let us know what you thought you can tweet at us or leave comments on our website page at canon.org and we'll be back later may the force be with you always <laughs>